Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Happy Hump Day, everyone. Good morning to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Super Bowl champion. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker with you for the next three hours. We've got Bernie Federko coming up at 8.15. We also have uh, the Cardinal Pobo, newly signed and extended John Mosella coming up at 8.45. CD, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you? Everything's going good. I'm, I'm excited about the day. We've got a lot going on. Uh, Matthew Rocchio went to a Blues game last hey. night, and, oh. and they won. Oh! Yep. It's first time this year, right? He was on a on a like second or third. Oh, Jeez, you were, you were, you were on a losing streak. Yes, I was. Yeah. We snapped, they snapped around. it, though, with a good one. They did. <laughs> Happy good Valentine's job, Rock. Yeah. Happy Valentine's to me. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Blues did come away from their game against the Florida Panthers with a 6-2 victory. Braden Shen was the key in this one. Scoreless game, first period. Shenner on the power play. Shen sends it over to Cairo in the high slot. Tried to pick his spot at the flex off a stick to Thomas. Return to Krug. To the goal with Shen cutting through. They score! Tori Krug! The puck hit off the end boards. Came out. Spencer Knight didn't know where it was. It ricocheted off his skate and into the net. And a power play goal for Krug puts the Blues on top. 1-0. 8.33 to go. First period. Braden Shen's 14th of the year. And, Kerry, there are a lot of things to be dismayed about with the 22-23 St. Louis Blues. Braden Shen is not one of them. No, he's he's played extremely well. That shot, I actually thought Krug shot it and it went mm-hmm. in. Um off the boards and off of the goalie. I guess Shin deflected it a little bit before it went in. Those types of things, Randy, when you are a winning team, as they have been the last couple of games, mm-hmm. those are the breaks and the bounces you get. When you lose or are a losing team, those are the right. things that happen to you. It just I don't under I don't know why it happens that way. I don't know why you get breaks when you're winning well, but it doesn't go well when you're when you're a losing team. But those things tend to happen and you know, you just you just take your hat off and say, "Good job." It's an amazing thing with with sports. Uh, Brian Sutter, former Blues coach back in the late '80s, early '90s, used to say, "Hard work is a skill, too, gentlemen." Yes, and <laughs> breaks are a product of uh, of hard work. Yep. I mean, so the Blues are lead one nothing after a period. First minute of the second, even strength. Here's Kachuk into the zone on the near wing. They get it on the slot and a nice defensive play. Blues knock it away. Shin with Kairou and Pareko. Shin shoots. He scores. And he's got two on the night. 35 seconds into the second period. Braden Shin rips it in. 
And the Blues were off and running. Nick Letty scoring before the second period was out. It was a 3-0 game, but Florida came back with one tally, 3-1, heading into the third, midway through the third period. Ryan O'Reilly is a goal-a-game guy now, fellas. Blues will get the puck, and this time bounce it out of the zone and get a big needed partial change. Now it's Barbashev going over the line, in, looking, he scores! All that pressure on one end, and they rush up the ice. O'Reilly tucks it in. On the other end, Bennington taps his stick. And it's 4-1, St. Louis, 10.32 to go in the third period. Cairo also scored. The Panthers got one late. Barbashev with an empty netter. 6-2 was the final. And the Blues 2-0 now since the break. I, I, I don't have words for that. I mean, I, we talked about it. How would they respond? You trade Tarasenko right before you start back on Saturday. Um, you come back and you win these two games. And, and Randy, you're scoring goals. That's one of the mm-hmm. things that, that, you know, they were giving up a lot of goals, still giving up a lot of shots on goal, which I would like to see less of. But scoring goals and, and, and being more effective and more efficient in that area, I don't know what this is. Sometimes it's, I think we put uh, 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 addition by subtraction. And, yes. and sometimes that's a possibility, but I really don't have an answer. I am not going to get too excited just yet. It's two games. We'll see how it pans out for the next you know, five to six games. See if they can be, if they can continuously be this consistent. If not, you know, it it will it will. I don't know who they are, but right now, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Very good game, couple of good games, but I'm going to hold my horses and not get too too thrilled about what I've seen just yet. And right now in the Western Conference, Colorado has 61 points. They're third in the Central. Minnesota has 61 points. They're the number one wildcard team. And the Blues have 53. The Blues are still eight points out of a wildcard spot. Let's not even dream about that because it ain't going to happen. There you go. Uh, Meanwhile, college basketball, Mizzou usually scores in the 80s. They didn't last night, but Auburn did. And Auburn trounced to the Tigers 89-56. to Rock was rubbing his face as you were reading the score. Yeah, he was. It was. It's heartbreaking. I, I mean, guess. that was never a basketball game. No. They, they, Auburn came out from the from the tip and just completely just pounced on on Mizzou, and then you, they never once got that like run of you know two or three turnovers with a couple back breaking threes to get him back in the game. And guys, we know about Javon Pickett at St. Louis University. What do we know about Jalen Pickett from Penn State? He went for forty. That's all I know. <laughs> forty one versus the Illini. <laughs> Forty-one. The way you just felt is how I felt looking at that. I'm like, oh my god. What are what we doing? The, the, the three, the three teams we talk about a lot, they will like all win, and then a week later we're talking about a day where they all lose. It's just it has been a roller coaster season for all three teams. Of the three, how many get into the tournament? Two. And it's Missouri and Illinois. Yes, agreed. They're going to be it's just double-digit seeds. I mean, Mizzou, Mizzou eight, drop, nine, Mizzou dropped, they won't be Mizzou higher than like, a seven. Mizzou dropped like thirty spots last night with that loss to Auburn, but Mizzou's still going to be a top ten seed in the in the tournament. Well, uh, I think I think Illinois is going to be more like a, a le- like eleven or twelve double digits. Yeah, exactly. Both and of then them. I just think the, the chance with Slew, it's just you know at this point it's take Slew or the field in the in the A ten conference right, tournament. Right. It's just. Yeah. Not not good odds. And speaking of Slew, they played tonight. A really good player for Davidson coming into town. This kid, uh, Steph Curry. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> I don't. He plays for Davidson. Apparently, I, can shoot lights out. He was. He was. That was some years ago, Randy. He's in the NBA now. Oh, he's he's number, he's the thirty for the Warriors. He's been hurt for a couple of weeks. Maybe you haven't seen him. Okay, but he, but 
But he is pretty good. Never mind. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of coaching hires. The final two vacancies filled yesterday in the NFL. Uh, right after our show, Shane Steichen, I guess during our show, Shane Steichen yeah. was hired by the Indianapolis Colts as their new head coach. And then after our show, Jonathan Gannon was hired as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. That's the last spot filled. Your former teammate, Ryan Clark of ESPN, talked about the hiring process of the NFL and about Gannon specifically getting this job in Arizona. Here is what strikes me. You have Jonathan Gannon, who does a good job, but who is thoroughly outcoached in the second half of this football game in the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid shows you that he isn't necessarily up to the level that you need to be to win a championship. And then we see on the other side, a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who's been to five AFC championships, also won two Super Bowls. And he's not necessarily up to snub to lead a locker room, according to the executives, according to the owners. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with the overall premise of what Ryan Clark says. I think the initial argument is kind of specious that because Jonathan Gannon's defense allowed 24 points to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. in the second half of a Super Bowl, I don't think that's a reason to make a judgment on a head coach hiring. The fact that Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten a job, he's been in the last five AFC championship Mm -hmm. games, been an offensive coordinator in three Super Bowls, that part of it to me is borderline criminal on the part of the owners, but I don't think that was the best argument to take against Jonathan Gannon. Well, I I was listening to Herm Edwards on the way in. He was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, and he was saying, you know, when you go your first year and you get four head coaching interviews and they don't hire you, then the second year maybe have three or four more interviews and they don't hire you. And he was saying, well, these owners talk. And so if you have eight owners that didn't hire you, then the ninth and tenth guy are going to be like, well, why didn't they hire him? And then as a coach, you become a little bit weary of the process. Those are long processes, Mm -hmm. you know, two, three-day interview processes. Sometimes you have to go back. If you're doing that three or four times a year and not getting hired, maybe by the third year you're not putting as much effort or emphasis into what you were doing the first couple of years. So it's kind of twofold where – the, the owners are, are questioning why he didn't get hired, and now you're questioning why do I continue to do this because it seems like it's not going in the direction that it should be going. And, and I can see that happening also. I do think, and I know it's 2023 and we'd like to not believe this, but no. you're, you're an Af- African-American no. coach. I think there's absolutely a race component here. I know other black coaches have been hired. Randy. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. There is. The, the, the thing that baffles me is people that don't want to talk about racism. Like, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Like That's that's mind-blowing to me. Take it from me. I'm, I'm African-American. I'm a black man in America. There is racism every day. I, I've said this before. You wouldn't question a woman about pregnancy or childbirth. No man, no person in this world would. Don't question me about being an African-American, being a black man, and about racism. Because I'm telling you, it is prevalent. It is real. It happens every single day. Just because you close your eyes to it doesn't mean it's not real or doesn't mean it's not happening. It's happening, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And so in this situation, I don't know if it's so much that it's racism with Eric Bieniemy, or if it's who he is and who he has shown to be. I, I, I couldn't tell you there is a reason why he hasn't been hired. We just don't know what that reason is. And until someone comes out and, and gives us some information as to this is the purpose, this is the reason why he hasn't been hired, we, we won't really know. But there is something. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I, yep. I, 
I don't know what it is or you don't know what it is, but there is something that, that is preventing him from getting a head coaching job. Is it because he's a black man? I can't say that that's the reason, but there is a reason. And there were five openings this year. One of them went to an African-American. Uh, then you had Frank Reich, who is a recycle. Got fired in and got hired. Right, right. Yeah. Totally, totally mm-hmm. recycled, right? You have Sean Payton, white yep. guy who had a job, right? And no, I'm, I'm not going to cast aspersions on Denver. Shane, Sean I'm Payton's not mad at Sean Payton. No, yeah. no. And then you have the Colts and the Cardinals taking the easy route by taking the the coordinators from the Super Bowl teams. Correct. That's why they're the Colts and the Cardinals. Correct. Right? You just got, there's some serious issues here. I don't, there are. It's it's it is what it is. Yeah, you know, like I said, but those that pretend that racism doesn't exist, just close your eyes and walk out. It doesn't mean it. You can walk out in the middle of the street with your eyes closed. Don't mean it's not going to be a car that hits you. Just because you're not (laughs) seeing it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, that's a great analogy. (laughs) Hey, before we get to ask Uncle Randy in the next segment, send in your text to the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. If you use letters, that's three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! What would you do now if you're Eric Bieniemy? If if around the league, some of these new coaches or some of these Open offensive coordinator jobs come open. Do you hang with KC still, or do you go somewhere else? If I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm going to use leverage to get more money from Kansas City. I'm not leaving the greatest quarterback, potentially the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, to go coach the the. Uh, give me a quarterback to CJ Stroud. Not even him. Not mm-hmm. not even Lamar Jackson. Not even uh, Kyler, Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray. I would never leave that position to go do that. That's just, it, it doesn't make sense. You, 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 the better coaches generally have the better players, mm-hmm. and they don't get much better than Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, if you look at the Andy Reid tree, and Andy Reid keeps pushing Eric Bieniemy out there. First words out of his mouth after they won. Incredible job by Eric Bieniemy. Yes. If you're an owner, how can you not trust what Andy Reid's saying? This, uh, Come again, on. Come there, on, guys. there is something there that has taken place with Eric Bieniemy, and mm. he's not getting that opportunity. I don't know if it's because he's a black man or if it's something else that we have yet to learn, but there is something, and we we may not ever find out. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. It's the opening drive, 101 ESPN. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, we had a special Valentine's Day edition of Ask Uncle Randy yesterday, but now we're post-Valentine's, and we're, we're back to life, kids. So if you have life questions, feel free to check in with us, and uh, I'll try to answer every question you have on the uh, the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Ask Uncle Randy coming up on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. I've been around, you know. All right, we welcome your questions. We know that this can be a difficult time of year. We're just coming off of Valentine's Day and we're headed into the spring. Young love is blooming, hopefully, and we want to hear from you. Ask Uncle Randy here on 101 ESPN. Carrie is here, Matthew is here, and your texts are on the text machine, 314-399-9646. Matthew Rocchio, what do you got for us? Randy, let's start start off with a softball. Dear Uncle Randy, my Mm -hmm. wife and I have picked up the bill on a condo for a summer vacation in Florida. Are we wrong to ask that our three grown sons bring money for their meals and incidentals? No. No, you're not wrong. Now, 
Hmm. If they have been invited by you as a family vacation, that's a different thing. But if you set that tone before you invite them, say, hey, we'd love to have you come along, but we want you to, we're paying for the condo, but if you'll pay for the food, pick up a meal here or there, uh, we would be ever so appreciative. I don't think that that's unreasonable. And that, that obviously is depending upon the wherewithal that you have. And clearly you don't want to spend the money for them to come along. So no, I have no problem with that at all. I don't either. I, I, the three grown sons is, is I think, the key phrase in that statement. They, they, they want them to be a part of what they're doing. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take care of the condo. You know, you all can afford to pay for a meal or two. Yeah. Just be a part of it. It's cool. Dear Uncle Randy, I love my neighbors, kind of, but they keep letting their dogs defecate in my yard and they don't oh. pick it up. How do I bring it up to them without making things weird? Uh, I don't think that that's difficult at all. They sell poop bags at pretty much every <laughs> yeah. store you in America. You didn't hear me knocking on the door? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. They, knocking oh, on your yeah. door. Hey, hey, yep. you left something. Yeah. Come get right. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's just common courtesy. It's <laughs> That's preposterous that they aren't. <laughs> Randy. Right. That they aren't picking it up. Hey, let me tell you something. Damn, if my a, neighbors. That is a, that is a cop a, knock. It, it is. You got it, a cop I, knock. I would, I would probably let all of it pile up and then pick it up myself. Put it on the porch? Oh, no question. Mm-hmm. Just right right, right at the garage, somewhere where when they they just maybe just step right in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, don't be disrespectful. That That is my one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> in life. Are, are people that are disrespectful that is of totally, other people's that, that's space. That's total disrespect, too. And, oh, my goodness. That, yeah. Just just pick it up, man. Or let the Not dog better. poop in your yeah. yard so, and never pick it up. Yeah, I don't care. But just bring it up to them. Yeah, Say, hey, yeah that's me knocking uh, on the door. You know, it's we pick up our dog's poop when uh, we walk through your yard. We would appreciate if you would show the same consideration. Please and thank you. All right. Dear Uncle Randy, I started a new position within my company back in November. (laughs) My boss told me training would be provided, but so far I have not been taught the day-to-day operations and I've been feeling very anxious. I've tried having conversations with my boss, but I keep being told that they are very busy and that quote-unquote soon is coming. What else could I try and do in order to be more successful in this position? What I would do, and I know that this can be a political hand grenade, But I would go to your boss's boss and say, look, I got this promotion. I want to be the best I can Mm. for the company, but I haven't received any training at all. And I really don't know what I'm doing. How can I go about getting the proper training so that I can be worthwhile to you in my new position? Okay. Uh, The boss's boss, your boss's boss. Yeah. yeah, If you've already tried to have the conversation with your boss, you have to go over over his head. Yep. I agree. And, And you've done it multiple times. And it's stupid on their part because they're yeah. giving you more money to do a bigger job. And if they aren't going to train you to do the bigger job, then eventually it's you're going to get, get fired for not yeah. doing the job right. that you don't know yeah. how to do. Yeah. So yeah. I, if I were you, I would I would go over his head and say, look, I, I just want to have some direction here. I, I want to be the, the biggest thing is they're spending money on you. Say, I want to be worth it for you. And once you put it in those that context. Once you put it in financial context for them, then they'll hop to it. Hmm. Uh, Randy, Uncle Randy, chocolates, flowers, a card, and dinner. Still no happy Valentine's night. What gives? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gary! Listen. Be helpful! <laughs> you just sound like, you sound like, you sound oh. like Kevin Hart when uh, Don damn. Cheadle told him his age. Damn! damn. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe it was the wrong kind of candy. Uh, I don't know. Was uh, it red flowers? Uh, uh, Randy, 
You, you, you know, I'm in no position to help here. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I, I guess just, you know, you gotta, sometimes you got to take a nail and, yep. and try, try, try again. That's the thing is, yeah, keep keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, keep pounding the rock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, Uncle Randy, yesterday my wife told me that she's pregnant. I'm extremely excited. Congratulations, of yeah, course. Baby on the way. But also a little nervous because this will be our first. How can I best help my wife during this pregnancy? Okay, there are a lot of things. Number one is love her and nurture her as much as you possibly can. That's the biggest thing because she's going through, this is your first, she's going through things that she's never gone through before. She's going to have hormonal issues, okay? She's going to be moody. You have to be the one that maintains that positive, happy attitude throughout. When she says, I need a hot dog, you get to woofies. Yeah. When she says, I need a foot rub, you rub the feet. When she says, I hate you, you say, I love you. There are going to be hormonal issues here. Another thing, you're going to get into a position very soon where you're going to be going to classes, okay? Engage in the classes. Have fun with them, because most people don't. Most people are way too serious with them. And go in with a positive attitude. The biggest thing that you can do is whatever puts a smile on her face before the pregnancy, keep doing those things incessantly that put a smile on her face. But remember this, throughout the pregnancy, she's not always going to have a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. So just know that ahead of time. No. And get a Woofie's Big Daddy for yourself while you're there, by the way. If the, when she asks for that hot you dog. You can't plan it. If I had something that was eventually going to be seven pounds just living off me, I'd be in a bad mood about it, too. Yeah, well. Just, it's just saying. No, it, it, it's uh, it's a glorious them. time, and it's, a, it's an unforgettable time. By the way, Lamaze classes. Okay, so one time we were in one. This is a long time ago, 29 years ago. Patrick's 28. Two shorts, one long. Uh, what? Lamaz class and had oh, the, yeah, yeah, had yeah. breathing. So, yeah, but it, it, it's just, it's birthing classes. And so there's a, a maybe 20 people around. And so they're asking everybody if you've chosen the name for your kids. <laughs> Three in a row. Okay. We've got a Dakota. Oh, no. Yeah. We've got a Cheyenne. Oh, no. And then I don't remember what the other one was. And Montana, then there was a. I don't know. Something like that, Dakota Cheyenne, and then I don't remember. And then there were like two or three people in a row. That's uh, Josh and, and Matthew. We get to us, and I said, It's a little boy, and he's going to be named F 150. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that had, or were naming their daughters after pickup trucks were aghast. <laughs> well, they, were, they were bothered already. They were they were appalled. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah they were. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good. Uh, Uncle Randy and cousin Carrie, what is the best advice I can give my daughter, who is a freshman trying out for a high school soccer team? So I I went through this with my daughter, who was trying out for the softball team her freshman year. There are nerves. There are there is fear, uh, a little angst, just a little bit on edge because they don't know what to expect. Tell her to just have fun. I told my daughter, have fun. I know you can do it. I'm proud of you. You know, I love you. I just sent her a text message right before practice started one day and just said, you got this. I'm proud of you. Go get it. And that was the best thing that happened to her. And so just tell her you support her. You're there for her. And, and you believe that she's going to be able to do it. And, and, and no matter which way it goes, you know, whether she mm-hmm. makes the team or not, still have you're still proud of her you still love her and you are still her biggest fan that is fantastic how about though and as a coach too how maybe she's inherently competitive but pointing out if soccer 
hey, make sure that you're hustling all the time yeah. and you're competing all yep. the time. Compete, hustle, do the best that you can do. Yeah. Give the best energy, the best effort you can. But the most important thing is your girl dad and the, the support that Carrie spoke of is the most important thing. Will that do it for us? No, we got one more. Another one. Dear Uncle Randy, my kids want to be fans of non-St. Louis teams. I think it's more because they like the logos. My wife refuses to get them apparel for their respective teams. They like the Predators in the Wild. Should I buy them jerseys anyway? They're only eight and eleven. Kind of gross. Sorry, it's kind of gross, but they don't know better. (laughs) Yeah, it's at this point, it's fine. Okay, in 2023, in February of 2023, it's fine, but. If the Blues are good again, when the Blues get good again, you don't want them going to school being Predators and Wilds fans when the Blues are about to drill those teams in the playoffs. So make sure that even if they don't like the Blues, that they have some Blues gear to wear to school. But if your kids, my son is a San Francisco Giants fan, has been since he was, let's see, 11 years old. When Mike Matheny went to the Giants, Patrick became a Giants fan. My daughter, now she's an NBA fan, mm-hmm. but uh, she's followed KD around, whether yeah. it was Oklahoma City or Golden State, Brooklyn, now now Phoenix. I, I don't have any problem with fan, especially kids, taking a liking to another team or another player. But just make sure that at school they know that they're going to take some grief if they're wearing rival gear. I think kids now are more prone to like players as opposed to yeah. teams because the players bounce around so much in in professional sports as as opposed to when we were younger you know Michael Jordan played his entire career for the main part in Chicago I was a Bulls fan because I was a Michael mm-hmm. Jordan fan you know people are LeBron fans but they he's been with the Cavs the Lakers the Heat the 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 Cavs again like so I'm okay with kids wearing uh jerseys of their favorite players like my son wears he wore he had a Browns Odell Beckham jersey hmm. it it now now, Randy, I will tell you this. Had Odell Beckham Jr. played for the Ravens, I draw the line. <laughs> no way in hell you're going to wear that jersey. I probably wouldn't get him a Lamar jersey, and I like Lamar, but I'm not going to have him wearing that. You know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to mm-hmm. go that far. But Man, what if he like, walks in and he's like, hey, Dad, look, I got this awesome vintage jersey, yeah, no. and he just unfurls and it's Terrell Suggs 55. Oh, no, that thing's going to get burned. <laughs> By the way, that's that's Katie's favorite NFL team. Oh, man. Sorry. Because of Lamar. Oh, well. I can understand it, but yeah. eh, you know she's got a lot. Of, she's got a lot of gear too. I might have to put some glasses on if she walks in the room. I love put a Ravens jersey on. I, I love T Sizzle. I lost I'm a sorry, bet. I lost a bet and had to put a Ravens jersey on. My skin was actually itching. It was. I don't know what it was. It was the strangest thing. <laughs> so anyway, but kids, yeah, it's, uh, kids, and I know there's a lot of Cub fans in town, right? Right, and have their kids go to school wearing Cubs gear. And it can be tough on them, but if they like the team, then yeah, make them happy. Make do what you can to make your kids happy. Hey, thanks for your yes, Matthew. This is a good one. I, I really want to uh, get, get an answer for this one. Uncle Randy, my girlfriend and I have been together for just under a year, but we recently figured out that we don't see eye to eye on having children. I'm excited to have a family, and she isn't one that wants children. This girl is so amazing. We get and we get each other. We just don't click on that one thing. Any ideas on what to do? Well, I, I would say number one, if you love each other, try to stick it out, but. And these things can change, by the way. Sometimes people that don't want kids eventually do want to have kids. But that is, to me, a a pretty big disagreement to have going into a marriage, especially if both sides hold their ground. Because what will happen is the person that wants kids that goes into the marriage 
and by the way, pretty much everybody can choose can choose to not have kids, right? Male or female. But the thing is, there might be resentment or regret on the part of the person that wanted kids if they never if they go into this agreement, this marriage, with somebody who doesn't want kids. So I think the fact that you've talked talked it out already, the fact that you've communicated is a positive to me. But beware, because you don't want to get to 45, 50 years old and say, damn it, I wish I would have mm-hmm. found somebody that wanted kids. I think that's really important. You, you, look at 50-year-old you, look at 55, 60-year-old you, rather than just right now, 20s-year-old you. That's my advice. That's Uncle Randy's advice here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the finals of the greatest sports family of all time bracket. It's going to be on the Twitter machine. You get to determine the greatest sports family of all time today. And we're going to reveal it to you next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Matthew Rocky mentioned that the Blues did beat the Panthers 62. What he neglected to mention is that he was there and the Blues won. Indeed. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Which means I'm allowed to go to more games way, in the future. Uh, yes. Thank you to Matthew's lovely girlfriend Rachel for providing celebratory donuts this morning because the the Blues won with Matthew in attendance. Yeah, well done, thank you, Rachel. We appreciate it. And thank you, Rock. I appreciate having to bring a win home. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about it. Today is the final of the greatest sports family of all time. You have voted on the finals, and here they are. It's the sisters, Serena and Venus Williams, taking on Archie, Peyton, and Eli Manning. So the football bracket and the potpourri bracket determine the two finalists. The Mannings advanced with a victory over the Long family to get here. Uh, and the the Griffies eliminated the Molinas, and then the Mannings beat the Griffies to come out of the western bracket. From the eastern side, 
the Hulls knocked off the Sutters, and then the Hulls lost to the Williams sisters, who had beaten the Ali's. So Serena and Venus beat the Ali's in the semifinals to advance to the finals. So now, Kerry Davis, we've mm-hmm. got Serena and Venus against the Mannings. Yeah, I, I think these are the two top overall seeds when we were putting mm-hmm. this bracket together. I know the Williams sisters were the number one seed. And I would say the Paytons being on the western side were probably they were the number one seed in their bracket, but probably the second top overall seed coming into this into this bracket. And I think we had yeah. them at third overall behind the holes. They went we? Williams, I think we went Williams, Hulls, Mannings. I thought we went Williams, Mannings. Holes, but your football eh, bias is showing. Yeah, probably, nah, maybe Bonds and then Hole. I don't know. Either way, um, but yeah, I think the, the the St. Louis fans did the right thing so far, and now you got a final, and we'll see who who comes out of this as the champion. Venus and Serena are clearly tennis Hall of Famers. Yep. My question is this: I believe that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I agree. Top 10 in passing yards, top 10 in passing touchdowns, two Super Bowl victories. I think he's a Hall of Famer. So we've got two Hall of Famers against two Hall of Famers. The question is, do we've clearly got one goat in Serena. Is Peyton Manning the goat? He's a goat, but is he the goat? So in these matchups, I tend to like to place the the top two of of each bracket of each family versus the other, so I would say Serena versus Peyton. Who are you taking? And Serena. For, I would take Serena as well. And then you go Venus versus Eli. So probably go Venus. I would as well. So for me, I think that that's the better family in this matchup. Yep, and, and, I think and Archie is kind of an outlier here. Archie yeah, doesn't even as great as he was. Doesn't, I mean, if you put really Eli count. and Archie together, maybe they are. They maybe they surpass surpass uh, Venus, but or, or maybe not. You know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I I thought coming in that the Williams sisters were prohibitive favorites. I did too. And so I'm not surprised by where we are. And I've already cast my vote. And all you need to do is go to Matthew Rocchio's Twitter page at Rock, R-O-C-C-E-S-P-N. My Twitter page, I just retweeted it. And you need to vote on the Williams versus the Mannings. Kerry, have you already retweeted it? I'm about to retweet okay. it right now. Kerry's going to retweet it right now. And we want you to weigh in on the greatest sports family of all time. Biggest upset during the course of this tournament? The biggest upset for me... <laughs> I think I, do. I know what it is. It's it was, easy. Come on. It was the Bonds. Yeah, it's the, the Molinas being the, the Bonds. That was, that was the, the, the biggest upset for me. Bonds were, were a number one seed. They lost to a five seed in, in, in the Molinas. That was, a, that was, a, that was a, a, a really tough matchup for me. I think there was a, a Cinderella there because I think as a group, and maybe it's a recency bias or maybe it's a St. Louis bias, but I think if you look overall, there's no way the Sutters should have beaten the Espositos. I mean, you got two Hall of Famers yeah. in Tony and Phil, and the Sutters, as great as they were and as prolific as they were, there were six of them mm-hmm. that played in the NHL. There aren't any Hall of Famers there, so that one got me. And then I was really surprised, and I shouldn't have been because again, it's a St. Louis thing, and the Molinas beating the the uh, Bonds was a St. Louis thing too. But I think Chris Long, along with Kyle and Howie. Beating the Watts. That was interesting. I, I think ultimately, if we do this same poll 10 years from now, uh-huh. I think the Watts probably win that going away. I, I don't disagree with that. What about the, uh, what about what, Wayne Gretzky losing to the Sutters? Yeah, that, 
uh, again, yeah. it, we would we could say hometown bias, but Gretzky lives here. You know, he's, <laughs> he, he, what he he played eighteen games for the Blues. He, we've got a ton of Gretzky jerseys in the stands every night at a Blues game, and it was Wayne because Brent only played what four games was it, Matthew? Three, the, the three. Brent, three games. Uh, yeah, four points. Four, four points. points. Okay. In three so, games. Yeah, he thirteen wasn't. games. Okay, so yeah. Uh, I, w- I voted for the Gretzkys in that one. I don't think it's a major upset, though, simply because we have number 11 up in the rafters, and right. there's such affinity, and we had Richie, Ronnie, and Bass. So I think there is a, a real affinity for the Sutters in this town. See, here, here's, I, I've learned a lot on this this bracket uh, going through these voting. It's 636. Did you not consider the Unser family? 9,500 winners. Listen, here's the thing. I'd never heard of Al Unser until two seconds ago. I'm sorry, my man. I, 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 no, just, I, just, I just kind of admit my admit my ignorance on that one. I never even brought him up. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. W- w- so they weren't considered. Uh, and, and by the way, all due respect, they wouldn't have been here in the finals either. So, uh, we, no, we didn't consider them. Uh, that is Kath, uh, Carrie. That is uh, Matthew. <laughs> I just put your guys' names together. Uh, pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, so Carrie, Matthew, Randy. And, again, go to Twitter. You can uh, vote at Matthew's Twitter page, at Rock ESPN, R-O-C-C, Randy's Twitter page, at Randy Carricker, and Carrie's at Carrie Davis. Is it C. Davis 38 or Carrie uh, Davis? I've, I've, got, I've got a Carrie Davis 38. Carrie Davis 38. Okay. And then on the, the Instagram, by the way, uh, at RJ Carricker, at Carrie Davis 38. And Rock, are you on the Instagram? Uh, I'm need, not okay, active. Okay, we need to get you on, on the, the Instagram. No, I'm on the Instagram. I'm not active. I think I, I think it's the same thing because I like to be at least you know I like to be consistent. Yeah, it's Rocky ESPN on uh, Instagram as well. Okay, good. And then our friend Brooke Grimsley, because she's on the sheet, uh, she's at Brooke Grimsley on the Twitter machine and at Brooke underscore Grimsley on the Insta. So it's on my sheet right here. Yeah, it's on. Uh, yeah, the top part. Of, so <laughs> I added her on there the, when she was here for the, the show. Brookster. I just didn't take her off. The Brookster. We we love Oops. the Brookster. My bad. All right, coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. We've got take it or leave it coming your way on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for take it or leave it. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? It, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. It is time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. And we invite your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Kerry Davis, uh, later this afternoon after the show, Matthew Rocchio and I are going to join our friend Chris Muir from Golf Discount out in O'Fallon, Mo, And we're going to play a little golf. I have not played since November. You have other duties today with mm-hmm. your high school football team. Uh, take it or leave it. The reason, real reason you aren't playing is because you don't even want to see my swing after being off since November. <laughs> I'm going to leave that because our swings would probably look pretty much the same. I, I, you know, maybe that's really the reason why I'm not going because I haven't swung a golf club. In, I haven't either. I'm going to be terrible. Four months. We're going to be out there for five hours. Oh, yeah, it's going to be going to be tough. It's going to be hard living. But apparently it's going to be gorgeous outside, so take well, advantage of it today. That that matters. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So, Randy, yesterday we had Xavier Scruggs on, and he believes that Jordan Walker will be Rookie of the Year. Take it or leave it. If he plays enough games, 
and does what we think he could do, not only will he be rookie of the year, he'll be top five in MVP candidates. I'm going to leave it simply because I think he'll have trouble being top three on his own team. (laughs) Well, think about that. What if they did have five from one team? I mean, three from one team in the top five. Yeah, that'd be incredible. They had two in the top three last year. Right, right. It's not not far off. I I think for 2023, number one, let me start with this. I believe that Jordan Walker is going to have an amazing career. But I think for 2023, Tyler O'Neill actually has a higher upside than Walker. If Walker can give the Cardinals 18, if he he can do 18, 20 home runs Mm -hmm. and an OPS of 850, I'll be very, very, very happy with that. You got any stolen bases in there? Yeah, I think that... Could he be a 2020 guy? 2020 guy, yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, he's... What a specimen he is. Man, is he going to be fun to watch. I sure wish we were down in Jupiter. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Think about this. Think about (laughs) the body of Jason Hayward, but then actually being able to play. Randy. Hit, hit, hit. Randy. Okay. Randy. Gold Glover. Gold Glover. Sorry, Randy. hit. If, if, if Jason Hayward could hit. <laughs> Randy. Isn't that an interesting thought? Oh, Randy. That was, that, was a pot, that was a pot shot. I mean, the guy's got a lot of millions. He's got, he got millions. I mean, he does have millions. I'm sure he's not hating life right now. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't he's be. He's still he's on the roster. Minor league uh, do- deal with the Dodgers. Oh, okay. Minor league deal with the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, Randy, take it or leave it. The Cardinals are a better team heading into spring training this year than they were last year. Last year was so tough. Remember heading into spring training, they didn't have Albert yet. They didn't have, uh, they had Yepes and Gorman battling for a job. But here, And they thought that Flaherty was going to be healthy, just like right now. So mm-hmm. heading into spring training, I'm actually going to take that because of the fact that Albert wasn't there. Or Corey Dickerson, who they actually got a reasonable amount of production out of for one month. Those guys weren't there. So I'm going to I'm gonna take that the Cardinals are better head, heading into spring training this year than last year. Not by a significant margin, but I think they are. I, I will take it because you're coming off of two, one MVP winner mm-hmm. and, and a top three MVP finish. I, I think... Going into last offseason, they 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 didn't finish that high. So I, I would I would take it as well. Those two are better than they were a year ago. Um, I think they got everyone has another year of experience under their belt, um, and hopefully, hopefully everyone's healthy. And you know more about Miles Michaelis this year. Go. He was a question mark. He's probably the most solid guy that that you have. You also know you have a closer, a legitimate big time closer in Helsley. There are a lot of elements here. Obviously, you can't count. We, I'm not counting on uh, Tyler O'Neill as much as I did last year at this time. But overall, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, that, uh, that they are better heading in. All right, fair enough. Take it. We, once Moises Gomez makes it to the MLB, he never leaves. Take it. Oh. Yep, he's going to play for 100 years. <laughs> never. Never leaves. Never leaves? Yeah. Um, that's another name that we don't talk about. 39 home runs last no. year in the minors. That That... And and there's something about guys that when they don't get when, when everyone else is being talked about and they can kind of fly under the radar, mm-hmm. it's like oh he he really can hit or he can really do a good job. He may be a guy that surprises us out of out of spring training as well. We'll ask Mo about him at eight forty five okay. because we don't talk about him enough. Take it or leave it. All athletes are overpaid, no matter how great or bad they are. Leave 100% it. Leave it. <laughs> leave it. Here's the thing. I don't get. Okay, fans. I'm, I'm, I don't get fans no. with this perspective. I. I and this is with 
all respect. I told the story yesterday about Morty Rinder, my cardiologist, saved my life. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors in the world, all right? 20,000 people in our world's history have played Major League Baseball. I think it's 22,000. Mm. In any given time, in the NFL, there's 1,500 players, right? 17, uh, yeah. 1,500? Any given time. I guarantee you there's more doctors, teachers, lawyers, broadcasters than there are foot pro football players. Football Athletes, number one, have a unique skill set that's extraordinarily rare that other people just can't perform. They're they're clearly the best. And the other part of this, Carrie, is that we aren't paying we, we aren't watching doctors perform on television right. with networks paying billions, billions Correct. of dollars to show the doctor's performance. And so the choice is to have the owners get the money or the players get the money. And now I think it's in the, it's 50-50 in the NFL. Owners get half, players get half. I don't think there's such thing as an overpaid athlete. No. I, I would like to see some teachers get paid more. Though. I would. I would I totally. Teachers need to be paid much more. Well, and hey, this goes to the NFL, and this is where we need to have our priorities set. The Buffalo Bills are getting a new $2 billion stadium, and what did the state of New York do? They took money out of education yeah, to help fund a stadium. That's preposterous. Preposterous. So, yes, that is right. Teachers, first responders should all be paid more money, but they aren't getting paid less because athletes are getting paid more. Take it or leave it. The opening drive needs to do some sort of draft around St. Patrick's Day. What type of draft are we creating? What are we drafting? Oh, you know what we did? Beverages? A few years ago. We could could bring it back because we had, I think Michelle and I did it. Uh, We had... The greatest Irish people in St. Louis history. Oh, oh see, I was going to go famous famous Irish people who weren't from Ireland. No, this, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 greatest sports Irish people in St. Louis history. Hmm. And we had, you know, we had a Jack Buck, we had Dan Deardorff, we had Jim Hannafin, uh, we had Willie McGee. It's a pretty good list. Yeah, I, we we had a great sixteen. <laughs> it's so a pretty good list. yeah, so I think we actually did a bracket. But yeah, we can do the, we'll, Let's do that. Let's do the uh, the greatest, and we'll do it. We can do it in draft form. The greatest St. Louis Irish people in, in sports. Okay, we will. I mean, I love yeah. Yeah, Jim Cott. <laughs> so I, I was an usher. I don't know if they, if you guys got that. Jim Cott, uh, <laughs> when Rick, when Willie was <laughs> was an Irish, oh, was well, a, a hey Irish, <laughs> 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 Willie McGee. Hey, how you doing, Irish? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just oh. isn't that priceless. Take it or leave it. The Chiefs are on their way to becoming an NFL dynasty. They are on their way. They are not there yet. Another Super Bowl next year or in the next couple of years, uh, they will be. I, people talk about the Steelers and and they went to three Super Bowls in I think six years: oh five, oh eight, and then twenty ten. They they weren't a dynasty because they lost that twenty ten Super Bowl. Had they have won that one, then you can consider them. A dynasty. So three is your magic three number. Three is my magic number. You win three in a six to eight year span, mm-hmm. you, you're you're a dynasty. Because generally those are the same people. You have a lot of the same right. people on the team and for those three the those three championships. I think the separator is ninety three when free agency started in the NFL. The Steelers of the seventies, yeah. the Cowboys who won their uh, actually, yeah, the, the Cowboys under Jimmy Johnson, who won three out of four. 
Uh, I, I can go back to the Packers winning and being in it all the time. So I separate those dynasties. I think that my definition of a dynasty has changed with the salary cap era. Yeah. But I think three three in five or six is a good number. Because you wouldn't call the Denver Broncos a dynasty even though they won back-to-back, would you? No, no, they, I wouldn't. If they won back-to-back and mm-hmm. then won another one in a couple of years, you could say, yeah, that's that's a dynasty. Now, here's another question to be asked. As a football player, pro football player, if a team cheated to win three out of four years. Uh, Randy, if if you so here's my thing. You may cheat, but if you don't get caught or or you don't get punished, are you are you are you really a, a cheater? But what if you did get caught and get punished and had but, to give up a first rounder and millions of dollars but you and still, your coach got docked five hundred thousand? They still put the they, there's no asterisk next to the championship team. That that the I've got one the in my championship book. Didn't get punished because if you really wanted to go, I mean, but we all how, know how do, you, how do you do that? If you if you get caught cheating, you get caught filming another team's. What's that? We, we just throw it out there. Another team's practice, you, you know, just just plays that they had never done. You were prepared for them. <laughs> uh, you get caught. How do you punish said team? After they win that championship, that you can't, and that's the thing. We, the only problem is, uh, hopefully, and I know in Boston it's not the case. There is no shame, but the nah. rest of the country knows what happened. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, no one says that that Tom Brady is a five or six time champion. They say seven. I they say, don't. They I don't discount. Four. They don't discount. You know, a few I, of those. I'm, I'm going with four. Okay. That's my number. They, right. d- they does not include Randy Carey. They, they does not. <laughs> Take it or leave. Does that mean Pat Maroon's a one-man dynasty? Yes, it does. Yeah, one of the great, <laughs> Pat, Pat Maroon is one yes. of the greatest dynasties yes, in the history does. of sports. There you go. Thank you, Matthew. Fair enough. Thank you, Randy. And thanks very much for your text. We do appreciate him. Coming up, John Mosaylock is going to join us a couple of times this hour. Actually, he's going to be, be live with us at 845, but he spoke to the media yesterday as he accepted... A two-year contract extension from the Cardinals through 2025. We'll hear some of what Mo had to say next on 101 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. We're in a really good position. Um, won 93 games last year with um, some terrific veterans and young players who came through the system and 
graduated out of the minor leagues and made a big impact and I know will make a continued impact in the future. The good news is that uh, despite that success and movement of young players into leading roles with our current team, we still have a top-ranked farm system and that's hard to do. It's hard to win and continue to develop, draft and develop. Cardinal Chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. yesterday in announcing a two-year contract extension for the Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Mo gets two more years, and I, I believe that there was some internal debate with John Mosellock as to whether or not he wanted to continue to do this job, but he took the extension. As we look ahead, the reason we agreed on this was, was we felt like stability was important. We looked at, at where we've been, what we're still trying to do. Our goal is to still win a World Series, and we're going to put our best foot forward on that. But we also um, are grateful for what we have below and how we continue to build on that. What they have ahead. Just knowing you know, where they are, where they finished, I don't think anyone was pleased with how the season ended last year. Just not the way you wrote it or, or would have would have scripted it. It didn't go in the manner in which you wanted it to go. And so for him to come back, have the extension, know that he'll be here for a few more years, he can kind of get this this organization, he can finish it off the right way. And and I think he does see a championship on the horizon. You have so much talent on this roster, so much talent in the in the in the minors that are that are due up in the next year or two. It leaves you to be it leads you to be very excited about what the what the potential of this team could be, you know, this year and going forward for the next year or two. And the DeWitt family purchased the club in 19... Uh, they, they announced the purchase in 1995. And... Make sure you get that because that um, was a trivia question. I know. And, and we don't want to... No. Oh, it, it was did bad. You, did you well, notice how he changed? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he even changed yeah. mid-sentence. He's like, yeah. they bought... The, they announced... Yeah. 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 And <laughs> they were in control. They were the ones that interviewed Walt Jockety and brought him in. And then they promoted from within when they fired Walt Jockety, and they promoted from within with John Mosellock. And he wants to keep that train on the tracks, mm-hmm. the one that started with Walt Jockety, continued it with Mo. And that's one of the reasons he's sticking around through 25. I know there's going to be some change coming over the next few years. Um, we certainly want to give individuals at the company and within the organization opportunities to grow, um, expand some of their roles and uh, over the course of the next year or so. And one of the most important things, I was talking to an executive just yesterday about this very thing. It's so important to empower people, Mm -hmm. to make them better at that job that they have, so that at some point, they have the ability to succeed you. That's what great organizations do. You surround yourself, if you're good and you're secure, with people that have the capability to at some point replace you. That's the that's the tradition and the the, the way you want to have an organization that wins year after year after year. You know, not being I think you hit the nail on the head secure enough in who you are to hire people that could potentially replace you when you're when you when you decide to take off, when you decide that you're done or or maybe the team decides that you're mm-hmm. done and they want to go in a different direction, but that is what allows that team or that organization to sustain success is having the right people in place year after year after year. And you know what? This this just says a lot. When Claims pretty much said that exact same thing yesterday, and he was like, one of his big things is setting the table for all the people. There's so many people who can take over for him who are going to have other jobs and kind of 
ushering in the next one who's going to be, you know, the Cardinals next guy is a big thing for him. When Clay said that, I was like, really? That's that kind of forward thinking. And then right away, he even gets to it right in the press conference. Mm -hmm. That's just incredible that the Cardinals think that forwardly. And when we compare them to teams like the Steelers and stuff, it seems to make so much more sense of the Steelers to the Cardinals. It makes so much more sense just the consistency you see across great franchises. And I know you might be driving down the road saying, I hate this because this means that the Cardinals aren't going to spend like the Padres or the Mets. Well, the reality of the situation is the Cardinals aren't going to spend like the Padres <laughs> or the Mets. Bill and I look at a lot of things when we make decisions on on how we spend or how we invest. And, and uh, I, I think the worst thing you want to do is just have a simple copycat model. Because someone's doing it, then you feel you have to do it, right? And so... I think what we, we've done over the last 30 years is we do what we think's best for us. And um, I would imagine that model's not gonna change. Now, people are gonna say like, ah, oh, geez, you know, Bill and Mo are just satisfied with getting to October. No, you know, we, we like the big shiny thing that you put on your ring finger, that's cool. You know, grabbing that trophy's amazing. And that's what we're gonna stride for. But how we go about it might be a little different than some of our competitors. That's just the reality of the situation. That's as as Coach T would say. That's the news. It is. It is. It, it, it's just reporting the news. We want to win. We mm-hmm. we want to do everything we can to win championships. We're just not going to go about it in the manner of some of these other organizations that feel the need to spend, you know, excessive amounts of money to get it done. There was a, a saying in Pittsburgh when I was there. Um, <laughs> the players, it was kind of a known understanding. You're either going to get paid or you're going to get championships, but you're not going to get both. And and here, we plan on winning championships, so you might not get as much as you would get in the open market. That was just kind of the mindset. Now, granted, there were guys, obviously, that got paid, but there were a few guys that maybe potentially could have gotten paid more mm-hmm. but stuck around for the championships, and that's the – the mindset, the model that was established by by Mr. Rooney, and it was passed down, you know, for years and years to all of the players that came through those doors. And, Kerry, I'll tell you this. As much as we might wish that the Cardinals would spend like the Padres, the Padres model, and this is not, I'm not talking about the Mets. I'm just talking about the Padres and markets similar to St. Louis. That is not a sustainable model. And one of the things that they're going to run into very quickly in San Diego is that they traded all their prospects to get Juan Soto. And so they'll have injuries. They'll have players that get older. They'll have players that depart via free agency. And then all of a sudden, what do you have when you've traded all your prospects? You have a franchise that's a bottom dweller again, Mm -hmm. just because you did spend that money and you did go for it now whether or not they win we don't know if they do win once it'll be worth it to a lot of people but cardinal fans aren't happy with winning once right and it's not a sustainable thing you can't do it year after year after year well i mean it's like the the uh los angeles rams you know you trade all the way your draft capital Mm -hmm. for a championship you win that championship now what because the mob is still going to be hungry and thirsty for more championships, but you probably aren't going to be able to get that. And and the Rams were, I don't want to say lucky in that because they did what they needed to do. They hired the right people. They signed the right people. They got it done. But every franchise is not going to have that story. There's only going to be one champion. And so if you're the Mets, if you're the Padres, if you're the 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 um, the Yankees, you're spending money. Only one of those teams is going to win every year. Now, 
which team is are you going to be that team in a particular year? You, you never know. But when you're spending money like that, it's tough to sustain success after those contracts are up and try to try to get guys in that are going to be younger to help you sustain that success as yeah, well. It's it's hard to thread the needle. You really have to you have to have some fortuitous things. You got to happen. Hit. You got to hit on that. You got to win a championship in order for for you to to I guess have sound reasoning for spending that type yeah. of money. By the way, last year Keith Law had the Padres as a top ten farm system. Right now they're ranked twenty four. And that's just one independent service, Keith Law. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Blues win last night, 6-2 over Florida. We're going to talk about that and more with our friend Bernie Federko, the Hall of Famer, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And our friend, the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federko, joins us as he does every Wednesday morning. Bernie, welcome back. How's that tan? Oh, it's pretty good, Randy. <laughs> Feels pretty darn good. <laughs> hey, Bernie just got back from a cruise. Good for you. You enjoyed yourself? I'm, I'm sure that was a much-needed break. It was really nice. The weather was 90 degrees every day. Uh Sonny, what more can I say? It was perfect. Good. It must feel good to come back to, to the Blues playing well as well. What have you seen from them since the break ended uh, in these last couple of games? Well, you know, they've got a little more energy, obviously. Uh, they got away with one the other night. Uh, you know, having to win 6-5 against Arizona is not a great thing, but they found a way to, to hang on and, and win the game. And last night, hey, last night, good goaltending, good bounces, and you can see they're they're refreshed and they're energized. And uh, they've got a long way to go, but uh, it's it's a good start, good couple of steps so so far uh, after the the little break that they had. Bernie, I remember when you got traded, and you didn't want to be traded, but you got traded after a long time here in St. Louis. And as a fan base, we were bummed out. We're bummed out about Vladimir Tarasenko. The circumstances are different, but the question for me is, what was it like for you after so many years wearing the blue note to put on a different sweater, kind of like Vladdy did last Friday night with the Rangers? Well, it's tough. I mean, uh, there, there's no question that, that uh, you know, Vladdy, like I, obviously would like to spend the entire time with one organization. I mean, when you get drafted by a team, you want to stay there, but... Uh, you understand real quickly that it's a business. And I think going back to my day, um, you know, it was shocking and it really didn't happen an awful lot. I mean, in the, in the situation there is today now uh, with the free agency, with the cap, I think the guys, you know, realize and, and they have opportunities, I mean, uh, to go and, uh, you know, Vladdy's probably going to make a lot more money off this deal and he's going to get an opportunity to play. Um, you know, somewhere else and, 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 and experience something else. And I think that's the way I look at mine. I mean, it was a different experience. I think I always look at it. I got a chance to wear uh, an original six uh, uniform, um, you know, with the, the sweater with the Detroit Red Wings and Vladdy's going to do the same thing with the Rangers. But uh, it's always different. I mean, you, you go from, I, I always said that you go from being in control to being out of control because you're going into a different atmosphere where there's uh, different leaders on the team, where there's different things. Uh, that you have to kind of try to fit into the locker room. So it's it's a tough situation, but um, you know I look back at my time. It was it was tough to do it, but 
Uh, I made some friends in Detroit. I got to see another organization and, um, you know, I'll always be, uh, you know, thankful that, that I did get that opportunity, although I would have loved to not uh, have the experience because I would love to stay in San Louis my whole career. Hey, Bernie, the, the Blues have scored 12 goals in their last two games, probably not sustainable for the remainder of the season. But if they are playing this well, do you see potentially more trades happening before the trade deadline? Or, or do you think that they can continue at this pace and keep the guys that they have? Well, I think the situation is going to be where do they think they can finish the year at? And I think that's something that Doug Armstrong is, is going to have to figure out. Uh, is this team uh, capable of, of, of making, uh, I guess, playoff positioning? And, and is it, are they capable of winning a cup? Uh, and I think that's something that, that you know, that, that the organization has to within uh, figure out. if they're, they, They've got, obviously, guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. I mean, you, you've got to always... I mean, there's so much more to, to think about. I mean, it's can they fit in the cap? Can they? Uh, are they going to be competitive for a number of years? I mean, there's so many different factors that are involved. So I think that's something that Doug Armstrong. Uh, I mean, every time you hear what Ryan O'Reilly has to say, or or you know, with uh, Barbashev too, he's unrestricted. Uh, Achari, these are the guys that are are, are 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 this is this team going in the right direction, or is it time to? to make some subtle changes and, and get some draft picks and, and make some moves in the offseason to make this team more competitive in the future. So I think those are the, the factors that are going on right now. And I think the players all understand, the guys especially that are unrestricted free agents, those, those are the guys that understand the business of the game. And I think the guys that are, are, are already under contract, they understand the business too. So they want to win. And I think the organization wants to win. The ownership wants to win. So it's it's going to be uh, really up to Doug Armstrong to decide where this team is going and is it going to be going, you know, north or south right now. And that's where the decision whether it has to be made for what's going to happen uh, for the future. And, Bernie, we, as fans, Kerry, former pro athlete, so he gets it, we, we tend to think, oh, it's just easy. They just move around and they, they go and they stay in the, the nice hotels and they make a ton of money. But we're talking about human beings. And a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who doesn't have any control because he doesn't have a no trade, he's driving around listening to this show and hearing his name bandied about. He's got a young family. And... It isn't easy. I, I just observe it. It isn't easy to wait until March 3rd and then really have to uproot your life and move somewhere else for a few months while your family is elsewhere. Yeah, it is. It, that, that's the big thing, Randy, is that, that I mean, if, if all the guys were single, uh, if there was no families attached to it, then it would kind of be pretty easy. And especially when you go, okay, I can handle this. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to be making five or six million or 10 million a year. Uh, it's not that bad, but it is. Uh, you know, kids are in school. Kids have friends. Um, you know, their wives have have, uh, have have you know been here. They they've established relationships with with friends and and even with the teammates. So friends. I mean, so that, that's I think the, uh, the the human part of it is is always the hardest part of it. And I think uh, as you know, hockey fans, people uh, maybe don't understand that as much because they you know their lives are are so much different. I mean, you've got a job. Uh, here in St. Louis, and you know you're with a company, and you're going to be here uh, until you uh, choose otherwise. Well, with with uh, you know athletes, they really a lot of times don't choose to move. They <laughs> they get traded, and it's not up to them. So yeah, the, the factors are different, obviously, but uh, I think we all understand that um, it's different when you're an athlete. You understand that that could happen, and and you know when you sign up for one thing, you you know that unless you've got a no trade clause. Um, there's a chance that, that at some point in time uh, you're going to be moved. Hey, Bernie, I'm looking at this third line of Barbashev, Achari, and, and Blay, and, and 
Blay obviously getting here, scoring a goal in his first game. Achari seems to just find people and want to hit people. He enjoys that part of it. And Barbashev uh, scoring scoring pucks. What have you seen from this third line, and, and how important are, have they been, uh, this group has been since the break? Well, you know, Sammy Blay coming back, I mean, obviously uh, he really didn't have great time in, in New York. He struggled with injuries, didn't really get a chance to play that much. So I think this is a you know, breath of fresh air for him coming back. He knows the organization. He knows the town. He knows a lot about it. He gets a goal but in his first game back. So it, it all was good. But, I mean, I, I think Achari's been very consistent all season long. Uh, he's one of the guys that, that no matter what the score is or what the way that the team has played, uh, I think he's been pretty consistent uh, as a really third or fourth line guy. I mean, he's been doing a great job about penalty killing. You mentioned that uh, he's very physical out there. He's, he's an energy guy that you're supposed to be. So, once again, though, he's in a situation that, uh, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year as well, as is Barbashev. I mean, Barbashev had such a great year last year, what, he scored 25 goals or whatever. Uh, he only has 10 this year, so things have not gone the way he wants to. But uh, he's still, uh, he's one of those players that, that can play up and down the lineup. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of interest for him now. The Blues going to be able to offer him enough money. At, and again, that's a decision they have to make. Otherwise, he's going to be, an unrestricted free agent, then, then there's a chance that he's not going to be coming back here. So I think that's when you have these guys that are, uh, you know, unrestricted. I mean, Doug Armstrong has to decide whether I'm, uh, am I going to get something back for him or for them, um, you know, with draft picks or another player before the trade deadline, or if I'm not going to take the chance of hanging on to these guys and, and then losing him because them both because we can't sign them in the offseason because of the cap or whatever is going on. So uh, the third line is very important on any hockey team. I mean, uh, you, you always rely on your, your first couple of lines, but the third line has to do a really good job, not only with, with the checking part of it, but you know when they're cashing in on some goals, uh, makes it a lot easier for the rest of the team. So that line has done a good job to the first couple of games have been together. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the season, but certainly uh, they've done a good job. Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Welcome back and enjoy this beautiful day in St. Louis. Thank you, gentlemen. It is going to be a beautiful day. I will do that. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. You bet. That's the great Bernie Federico joining us on the opening drive. Coming up, do we have a fighter? We won. We need a fighter. We need a fighter. Text in 314-399-9646 and just text the word fight and perhaps you can fight me. We're going to have a random person selected by Matthew Rocchio for the fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner. Average Joe Listener. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Matt. Matt, how you feeling? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Kerry. You know, I've been listening for a long, long time. Randy runs through all these jabronis that, you know, hop on. <laughs> okay. I feel like he's kind of been slipping for the last week or so, but no one's quite been able to crack the Hall of Fame. So yeah. I figured now is the time to, you know, my own jabroni to, to walk in here. Well, <laughs> Matt, if nothing else, I love your confidence, and that is half the battle. So we'll get started. You ready to go? 
I'm ready. All right, here we go. Between the Fighting Illini, Missouri Tigers, and St. Louis Billikens, who is the last program to play in a Sweet 16 game? Is it the Illini, the Tigers, or the Billikens? Uh, I'm going to go with the Illini. All right. Which AL club drafted but did not sign Ozzie Smith in 1976? Was it the Oakland Athletics, the Baltimore Orioles, or the Detroit Tigers? Sounds like an Oakland thing to do. I'll go with the A's. Which team currently holds the record for most pennants in National League history? Is it the St. Louis Cardinals, the New York slash San Francisco Giants, or the Brooklyn slash L.A. Dodgers? I'll go Giants. And who is the first and only goalie in NHL history in NHL history to be credited with a game-winning goal accomplished on this night in 2000? Was that Martin Brodeur, Ron Hextall, or Chris Osgood? When in doubt, go with Marty. Uh, give me Brodeur. All right, we'll double-check our answers and bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Matt, how you feeling? Oh, I'm not feeling great. Or, uh, <laughs> so, so is it is it much easier when you're listening in on the app or in your car as opposed to actually being asked these questions? You know, it, it is, but it's also just kind of what the questions are. You know, I'm not a big college sports guy, so to lead off with that, definitely got the you know confidence shaken early. Got you, got uh, you. NFL is definitely like my sweet spot, and there okay. was none of that. None so, of that today, unfortunately. So. Not hurt. That, that is a difficult task if that's your wheelhouse and we don't have any questions there. Hey, Randy, say hello to Matt. Matt, good morning. How you doing? Doing good, Randy. You ready to uh, get put in my place by now? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be nice. Well, as you've heard, no football questions today, so here we go. Okay, appreciate that, Matt. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs> Between the Fighting Illini, Missouri Tigers, and St. Louis Billikens, which one is the last one, last program to play in a Sweet 16 game? Carrie, uh, can I have the lifeline, please? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet 16, huh? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with, boy, it's been a while, too. Well, it's not SLU. And I don't think Illinois has really done anything since going to the finals in 05. I'm going to go with Mizzou in 09 uh, under Mike Anderson, I think it was. Lost to UConn, right, in the Elite Eight? Randy, I, I can't answer that. Uh, Randy, which AL club drafted but did not sign Ozzie Smith in 1976? 1976 Osborne Earl. I think I know, but I'm going to do the, the old lifeline here. The Oakland Athletics, the Baltimore Orioles, or the Detroit Tigers? For some reason, I Detroit rings a bell. I don't know if it's right or not. But I'll go with the Tigers. All right, Randy, which team currently holds the record for most pennants in National League history? I think it's still the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers eclipsed the Cardinals a few years ago when they won in 20, and the Dodgers and Giants and Cardinals are all bunched up, but I think L.A. has the most pennants. All right, Randy. No, no, the Dodgers, not L.A., but the Brooklyn slash L.A. Dodgers. Randy, who is the first and only goalie in NHL history to be credited with a game-winning goal accomplishing, accomplished on this night in 2000? 2000. I'm, so Ron Hextall came to mind, but he played in the 80s. So I'm going to go with Martin Brodeur. Uh, he scored a goal. I don't know if it was a game winner, but I know he scored a goal in his career. So I'm just going to go with it.
<laughs> Can I? You, you, you want to give me one little, one little, and, and that voice again? One, one more. Friend? Oh, I was just yeah. talking to Joan Mestris from oh, our sales staff out in the hall. In the world. She, she loved Ron Karan, and uh, I was telling her that my son, some of the first words he said, the first sentence he ever said was "Shoot the puck!" <laughs> in that same raspy Ron Karan voice. Shoot the puck! He, Ron Karan was a general manager that sat in the press box, and we heard every <laughs> word. Oh. That wasn't good. Oh, that, had no. to, that had to make it easy. That had to make but it he, fun covering the team. He was also, yeah, because he was so quick to, uh, like for trades, ah, the meat is on the burner. <laughs> and the Ides of March, they await. He was brilliant. He was great. <laughs> Gotta love an Ides of March reference. Yeah. Well, back to the fight. Did Randy Carrico pull out another win, or did Matt, as he say, take advantage of a Randy who's been struggling a little bit here in the month of February? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Matt. Randy, when you hear Mr. Buck talk, you know that what, what happened there. Randy hit the jack. He got all four correct. He beat you 4-1 to one today, Matt. You know, it's unfortunate, but maybe I was the slump buster that Randy needed. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. And I loved every minute of it. <laughs> it's a great way to look at it, Matt. Let's go through those answers you heard Randy say it, but let's uh, extrapolate across the local three programs, if you want to call it. The last program to play in a Sweet 16 game is, in fact, the Missouri Tigers doing so in 2009. They eventually would lose in the Elite Eight. Uh, the last time the Billikens played in a Sweet 16, by the way, 1957. Hopefully you can, you yeah. can see it changed up a little bit for the local club. Which AL club drafted but did not sign Ozzie Smith in 1976? It was, in fact, the Detroit Tigers. The Brooklyn and LA Dodgers hold the record for the most pennants in National League history. It's 24 for the Dodgers, 23 for the Giants, and 19 for the St. Louis Cardinals. So they actually just passed the Giants. Uh, I guess that would have been two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, who's the first and only goalie in NHL history to be credited with a game-winning goal? It was, in fact, Martin Brodeur. He's got three of them. Like you said, Hextall, the only other one with multiple, played uh, not in 2000. And so it's Martin Brodeur. It's a 4-1 win for Randy Carriker. Matt, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. Hey, you know, I, uh, I I didn't give it my best, but like I said, congratulations to Randy. Uh, hopefully this leads to another year of dominance. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. We appreciate it. We we love having Matt on the show. By the way, we're, we're going to get to John Mosellock in just a moment, but I do need to say that back in the day, before we really, really became politically correct, we used to say in the fast lane, for a slump buster, all you needed to do is go play some games in Kansas City. <laughs> anyway, it's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. John Mozilla, Cardinals Pobo, next. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and the Cardinals announced yesterday an extension for their president of baseball operations, John Mozalock. And Mo joins us now from Jupiter on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Mo, thanks for the time. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Hey, we always appreciate your time. I want to start with this because your job has changed so much since you started doing it. It literally is a 24-7 endeavor, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Because you've been doing it for a long time and because of what the job entails now, was 
was there a decision for you to make about signing an extension to, to remain as the Pobo? There, there was, um, you know, I, I've, I've been in the seat a long time. I, I sometimes wonder if, if, if you're in a position of, of this length, do you start to lose a little bit of your voice? Are you able to, to still reach people? And, and, you know, candidly, do you have the energy to do it? And, you know, for me, I, I, I took a little time to reflect, uh, you know, Bill and I started talking about this back in August. Um, but you know, the, the, the more people I spoke to internally, uh, the more I realized that you know, walking away at this point is, is, is not um, the right time. And, uh, you know, over the, the course of this, this period, I was also, you know, able to, to, to re-energize and, and, and really, you know, understand uh, what the next couple of years are going to look like. And, and I'm excited to do that. But, you know, I think a, a lot of times when, when people see this, they're like, what are you, crazy? I mean, great job. Just do it. But it's. <laughs> You know, to, to to your point, Randy, it's it's it has evolved. It's the demands are are, are continue to grow, and uh, you know, I think um, as you age in a position like this, uh, um, they don't go unnoticed. What re-energized you? Well, I think like like a couple things. You know, one, I, I think you know having a um, Nolan stay was you know awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think that like you know speaks volumes for for where we are and. And I, and I also just think like, like the people I work with, you know, day in and day out, like, you know, Mike Gersh, Randy Flores, uh, Gary LaRock, Moises, uh, Johnny Vooch, you know, the, this group is like, you know, the, they, they definitely said a lot of nice things to me and, and wanted me to stay on. And I, and I, you know, that, that was helpful because, you know, I, I can imagine at some point, you know, when you're a rising executive, you're, you're kind of looking for people like me to step away. So you know, create more upward mobility, but you know, they, they really made me feel like this was not the right time to do that. And, and I'm grateful. And of course, as I mentioned yesterday, I mean, I, I've got an owner that, you know, gives me a lot of autonomy and, and it, it's fun to do this job. Hey, Mo, I often compare uh, the Steelers and the Cardinals, just the organization and the business model. Do you ever look at other franchises and other sports uh, to see how they go about their day-to-day operations? You know, I, I, I do. But baseball is, is, is so unique from other sports in the sense that it's every single day. But, you know, look, when you think about leadership and management styles, um, learning from, from people, you know, look, Steelers are a lot like the Cardinals, to your point. You know, we have a lot of success. Um, we try to do it from drafting and developing well. And, uh, uh, you know, we're both supported by, you know, a great fan base. But, you, you know, like we don't have all the answers. So learning from other people is something that, that is critical to our success. And so, yeah, we, we definitely pay attention to what other sports are doing, what other teams are doing. And, um, you know, we don't want to be in the copycat mode, but we certainly uh, want to understand best practices. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak on 101 ESPN. And Mo, we've had, uh, we've, we've done this segment a couple of times with all of the guys that are out because of the world baseball classic who are you intrigued to see, aside from Walker, because we're all intrigued to see Walker, but who are you going to be looking at specifically that's going to be getting opportunities that wouldn't ordinarily be there? Okay, so first off, I think there's a, there's a couple things. And, and when I bring up this name, don't shoot me, but, I, you know, I think like, you know, like, like, like getting, like Paul DeYoung has an opportunity in this camp to, to you know, show that, he can be a contributor. 
right? And it's, it's important. He's had a very different offseason. We're excited about where he is. And so I think that's someone that, that it, it's not a new name that we're talking about, but I'm certainly excited what he, to see what he looks like and can he help us in, in 2023, which I believe he can. And then when you're looking at, at more of that sort of younger class of players, I mean, obviously getting to see Mason Wynn play on the big league field you know, a lot, of, of, of Tommy Edmond not being here, um, that's going to be fun to watch. So, like, I know a lot of people gravitate to Walker, and I, too, am excited to see Walker. But I do think, like, like Mason Wynn is going to be someone that jumps out to you. I think from a pitching side, there's a lot of guys we're excited about. But, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, Graceffo, McGreevy are going to get a, a lot of exposure in this camp. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be just – you know, a lot of curiosity. As I, I told everybody for the last couple of weeks, because of the um, WBC, if you're a prospect hawk, this is going to be a fun camp to follow the Cardinals. Because, you know, as you touched on, you know, two-thirds of our outfield will be at the WBC. Three-fourths of our infield at the WBC. Two-fifths of our rotation at the WBC. So there's, there's going to be a lot of innings and at-bats for, for young people to grab, and it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, one of the people that we we don't really talk about is Moises Gomez. We talk about all of the other outfielders and and what the potential may be. What is your what are your thoughts on him and and what are what is his potential uh, for making this ball club? Yeah, and I, I probably should have said his name in that last question because you know he's going to get a lot of exposure here in this camp. And and so you know Moises, uh, you look at Burleson and you look at Yepes. I think most of us are more familiar with Yepes. But, you know, these are three guys that, that can really swing the bat. And, and I think Yepes and Moises have a lot of similarities because they hit the ball hard. And, you know, you look at the breakout year that, that Moises had last year, and, you know, I, I think he really hasn't placed himself, like, on that, that who, who is this guy? What are you getting? And I think our Major League staff and all of us in the front office, we're just excited to see it every day because unless you got down to Springfield last year, you really didn't get to see it much. And then if you got down to Memphis, um, you know, you have to, you had to time it right. So there's a guy with like legitimate power and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Hey Mo, you talked during the off season about your confidence level in Jack Flaherty. Carrie and I talk about him a lot and I'm one of those people who believes, and we've talked about this, how if you have a number one that can turn the nominal number one when Flaherty's out into a number two, then your two becomes a three. It just changes the entire dynamic of the team. And it, I know it's a lot of pressure for Jack, but for me, Jack Flaherty can turn this team from very good to a, a big time contender. Do you agree with that? If, if he gives you 30 starts, he gives you 180 innings, that he can change the entire outlook one one starting pitcher of your team yeah i think that's right i think the, it's, it's it's not so much like during the season as much as it can change how you think about october and you know i don't want to you know suggest we're already there but my point is when you can match up a one versus a one in october you you, you feel like you have a better chance of winning right and and it, we all watched how starting pitching in this past uh, postseason was, was really dominant thing with bullpen. But I do think like, if Jack can emerge to be that type of pitcher that, that, that gets that type of start and can be that type of, of, of arm. Yeah. It definitely changes the outlook of our year. And, you know, I, I definitely feel like, you know, right now he's trending in a really good direction. He, you know, he had a normal off season. He feels healthy. Um, and, and he knows he has something to prove. So, yeah, we're not trying to put too much pressure on him. But 
we also understand the importance of, of him stepping up and, and being what we think he's capable of doing. Hey, Mo, you spoke about all of the players that are participating in the World Baseball Classic. Obviously, you want players to, to have that experience of representing their country and, and the enjoyment and the sheer excitement in that. But do you watch it with a little bit of bated breath, just hoping everyone comes back to you the same way that they left? <laughs> There's sort of two things you think about, right? One is obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt, right? So, so, but, but in fairness, we're still playing games here and injuries happen. So, like, that probably can happen anywhere. The one thing that you, that you are a little bit concerned about is, is maybe some of these younger guys that are going to play that they actually play. Mm. Um, like, for example, like if Lars Newbar is not starting and getting every day at bats for Japan, that would be disappointing because, you know, at his age, and where he is in his career, he needs to be making the most of his time. And, and so that's sort of the, the I think, the one negative if, if that ends up coming to, to fruition. So guys that are going need to play. Like, I know that, that Nolan Arnato and Goldie are going to play every day. So that's like, there's no concerns there. But it's, it's, it's the guys that are younger, that are still in that development mode. And, you know, candidly still competing for something here in this camp. So, you know, that's just something to follow as, as this uh, – as the WBC uh, embarks on uh, um, the tournament. Hey, Mo, one last thing for me in regards to the, the ball club, and I want to have one more question about the, the extension too, but you need to have real good chemistry on your coaching staff to be great. I know that Ollie had not met Joe McEwing before you guys hired him because of Matt's departure, and we knew that Ollie and Matt knew each other really well. How, is, how have they tried to go about building chemistry within the staff and your, your other new coaches? Yeah, obviously, uh, we, we, we learned a lot from the pandemic, meaning um, we can really take, take advantage of Zooms, and I think they, these guys spent a lot of time doing that. But, you know, Joe came in for the winter warm-up. Um, those guys were able to do a little bit of a face-to-face. And Look, I've known Joe forever, and he's an easy guy to be around. So I, didn't, I was not at all concerned about um, how this was going to work, but I can say, you know, after a few days – here in camp already that the staff seems to be gelling really well and uh i know we're only in technically day two or three of this camp so it's a bit premature to say it's going to be a a success but um i'm really confident this group's going to work well together and then the last thing and you referenced this earlier so i'm not uh i'm not just throwing something out there but there is a thought process that the Cardinals are just happy with October. I know you well enough. I know Mr. DeWitt well enough to know how competitive you guys are. But can you describe how important it is for John Mosellock to get back to the World Series and to get another one of those big shiny rings? Well, I think, you know, people that work in this business and, and like do what I do or, or something close to what I do, I mean, like that, that's why we do it. Um, like, to your point, we're, we're just competitive people. And... You, you don't survive this business if, if you're not. And, and so, like, I think, like, when people question our desire to do it because of, like, how they think about us spending money versus not, it's it's still a business. You know, we're still trying to, to manage that side of it. But, you know, yeah, we want to win. And, you know, I think we have a really exciting team. I think if if all things break our way, we have a real chance to, to do that. So, um you know, it's, it's, it's a fun baseball team to be around. Why? Because you have core players like Goldie and Nolan that anchor it, and then you have some emerging stars coming. And, and so, you know, who they will be and, and how they perform, time will tell. But, 
you know, that's what makes this so much fun. Mo, congratulations on the extension. Very well deserved. And uh, can't wait to see you next time. We appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thanks, guys. And look forward to seeing you back home. You bet. Take care. That is the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozalak on 101 ESPN. A couple of things about Mo. I've given this statistic before. I'll give it again. I think I might have even given it yesterday. But since the end of the 2010 season, Cardinals missed the playoffs in Mo's first year in 08. Went to the playoffs in 09, then missed the playoffs in 10. But then once he had his group implemented, since 2010 through the 2022 season, that's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. It's 12 seasons. Mm-hmm. 12 seasons. The Cardinals have played four games in which they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs or were, were not playoff games. Four games. The other part of it is, and I wish people would get, and I know what season ticket holders get an opportunity <laughs> to know Mo, but he's a genuinely good person. He's yeah. a really, really good guy. And I know people don't care about that. I do. I like nice people. And I, I wish people had more of an opportunity to get to know him because he is genuinely a good human being. I think he has a um, you know a method to what he's doing and understands. I, I, he said it. Every one of us that do this job are competitive. We want to win. That's why we do it. It's not... You know, making money is fun, but winning championships is also, it, it, it's more fun. To be able to be the best in the world, to say you are the best team in Major League Baseball or professional football or whatever it is, that's what—that's why you play the game. That's why you manage the game. That's why you are president of baseball operations, to help build a team that helps you win championships. And I, I, I do believe that, I've said this time and time again, they got two MVP players in in Goldie and Arenado, and you're going to bring in a young core of guys that I think are going to be the next group of St. Louis Cardinals to take their place when those guys are done. I think right now the next this window for me, I think the window is open um, as long as the pitching stays healthy and and they perform at the level that we think they can. This is a team that can win a championship this year. Mo mentioned the people that he had in his front office. They're they're very smart. But there has to have to be dumbest people that follow and are in baseball too, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to tell you who they are next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the opening drive. It's time for today's big thing. Nine oh five in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and CD. Last year, the Dakota product projections, which come out every year, and. I assume that it's just some troll in uh, his mom's, <laughs> the, the old proverbial in his mom's basement, just pulling stuff out. Uh, the, the Pocota last year had the Cardinals with 77 wins. They hmm. thought the Cardinals would go 77 and 85. Cardinals wound up winning 93 games. They did. 80, 16 more than the Pocota projections And, and could have won more. Should have been yeah. close to 100 as opposed to 93. They had a pretty tough stretch down the, down the end there, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, It just seems to me, and by the way, this year's Pocota projections are out, and they've got the Cardinals right around uh, 86 and 76, 86, 87 wins. And I don't know, because it is math, how Pocota puts these projections together, but they don't seem to do a very good job annually of analyzing the Cardinals. I don't know why. I don't pay attention to how Pocota projects other teams, but specifically to the Cardinals, they either have a blind spot to what the Cardinals do every year, or they're just stupid. Well, 
we talk about this often, Randy. There are smartest people in sports, and therefore there have to be dumbest people in sports. Now, I'm not saying that this is what Pakoda ratings or standings are, but I'm saying there are. There's clearly a, a philosophy, a math philosophy, with which you or I are. I don't think we are aficionados in in math and can no, break this down me, baby. and tell you how <laughs> they came up with a simulation of 86 wins for the Cardinals. I don't know how they came up with that number, but the good thing about Sports, Randy, that I I do love is just because it's written on paper does not mean that that it is law. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that that is accurate. As you said, they had them winning 77 games last year. Yep. And they went on to win 93. Yeah, a year before that, they had the Cardinals to win 81 games. They had them to go 81 and 81, and they wound up winning, I believe, 88. So it's just... It's not a perfect science. No, certainly not. No. And it just seems like, to me, this is... that. I would look at a franchise history, a club that has not had a losing yes. season under John Mozeliak. They haven't had a losing season since 2007. So why would you think that now it's going to happen? The, the Cardinals have made the playoffs in 10 or 15 years under John Mozeliak. Why would you think now things are going to turn around? I just don't understand the thought process of of getting away from what reality is. And they seem to deviate pretty substantially what with what reality is. Yeah, I, I would say, I said this all along, I think the Cardinals are a 95-plus win team this year based off of, you know, what they did last year, how well they played. And, and again, Randy, they were, in my opinion, close to a 100-win team, if not for that stretch in September where they just couldn't find ways to hit the ball mm-hmm. and get on base and score runs. That was really, and it was really Goldie and Arenado, the two that were struggling down the stretch, not not having the success that they had uh, the entirety of the year. So I'm looking at this team and knowing there are going to be some more players here, hopefully, some guys that can hit the ball and and have success at the plate. I think it's going to be a much better team, and I do think it'll be more than 86 wins. But again, this is one person or a few people's mindset, their their ideology of what they think the Cardinals will be or what they think all of baseball will project in wins and losses. And again, that's why as players, this is why analytics don't move players as much as it does mm-hmm. casual fans or, or maybe front offices because we understand that at the end of the day, yeah, you may have that person on paper doing this, but now he has to go against someone else. And now we have to see who is the better who is the better player in that moment. The Pakota projections, by the way, have the Brewers winning the, the yeah. NL Central. They have the Cubs like finishing third, Pirates fourth, Reds fifth. By the way, just a little bit more Pakota history. 2019, they were off by three wins for the Cardinals. They projected 88. Cardinals had 91. 2018, they were off by three wins. 88 wins for the Cardinals. They projected 85. 2017, off by five. They projected 78. Cardinals won 83. It seems to be consistently, you look at Pakota and you can at least bank three to five wins more than what they're projecting for the Cardinals over the last six years, every single season. I always go back to Harry Carey. I don't know why we always talk about what players have done in the past. Isn't the most important thing what they're going to do next? <laughs> it's just, there's something clear to me. It's, it's Pakota has one equation. They just the Car- don't like the Cardinals. The Cardinals have another equation, and something yeah. in the equations aren't working up and yeah. lining up and saying the same thing. Pakota, why do you hate the Cardinals? Text in. I, I, see, yeah. I, I was going to get one of the writers <laughs> at, at Baseball Perspectives on, but I figured the interview just being that question and then nothing else would have been... Yeah. 
kind of odd. Pretty easy. Dakota does have the uh, Yankees being the best team in baseball this year. That does not surprise me. I think there's a very good chance of the Yankees being the best team in baseball. I just uh, then they have the bet the Mets being. Uh, the best in the National League. Here are the the Pakota projections overall. I'll just give you the, the division winners. They have the the Brewers beating the Cardinals by two games. In the NL East, they've got the Mets with 96 wins over the Braves and the Phillies. They've got the Dodgers winning 96 games this year. Usually they have the Dodgers over 100. Dodgers 96, Padres 92. In the American League, Yankees with a 98-win total for Pakota. Toronto second in that division. They have Minnesota winning the AL Central. With just by a shade over Cleveland, 88.2 projected wins for Minnesota, 88 for Cleveland. And then they have Houston winning the AL West again, uh, running away with it from the Angels, Seattle, Texas, and Oakland with the fewest projected wins in the American League. They've got Washington, by the way, with the fewest projected wins in baseball with just 61. Here's why this makes it doesn't matter. Because if an injury happens to one of these players, one of these, one of these teams, star players, does that not bring the number down? If your if your ace is out for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. doesn't that bring the number down? It's it's a projection. It's an idea. If based on if everyone is completely healthy and everyone does everything that they've done in the past throughout their career, and things change. Sometimes you get a guy up there that can't hit the ball or can't see the ball and doesn't do well. Sometimes you right. get a guy that can't find the strike zone. And and maybe has a, a a knee or elbow or a shoulder injury. You gotta and you gotta sit him down for a few weeks. All of these things are, I guess, subjective to someone's opinion. And yeah, as Some players, computer's opinion. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, somebody that thinks they're a computer in their opinion. Yeah, and right. One or the other. Yeah, yeah. So something like that. That's a problem with math fans. Love you, math fans. But uh, uh, I, I do like, we? Do uh, we? Do uh, we? Uh, some people. Do are, we? Some people see math in three D. It's just a different animal altogether. Uh, some people see math differently. So yeah, I love the math fans, but. If you're a math fan, don't drive away from the ballpark as the game starts. Tony would tell you they're men, not machines. <laughs> they right? are. You, you got you to gotta put them out on the field. It's not just a math problem. No. It's a people problem, too. Yeah. Kerry, Randy, and that is today's big thing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Blues have won two in a row since trading Vladimir Tarasenko. But there's some even broader statistics that might make you believe the Blues are a little better. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'm most curious about this moving forward. The timing of the Tarasenko trade, Randy, is an intriguing one for me because, one, I, I think it's been a long time in coming. But this, I think the, the Blues, have they've got a winning record this season without Vladimir in the lineup, and then they had a losing record with him in the lineup. Now, that's not hanging every win and loss on Vladimir Tarasenko. But what it, I think what it does for me is I'm not thinking – I don't believe that Doug Armstrong is going to change his course of action. It, it does give him a sense to assess this team for a series of games, a number of games again, without Vladdy's presence around. And Chris Kerber with us Monday here on the opening drive. And Kerry, to Kerb's point, this is not a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Got the stat this morning. The Blues – 14-21-3 with Flatty in the lineup during this season. 11-4 and four now without him. That's 
glaring, as Coach Vermeil would say. What do you think of that? What, is, what do you make of the fact that they were so far under 500 with him and so far over 500 without him? It's hard for me to believe that that one player, especially a player as talented as he is, is the reason for the, the drastic change in, in records with him on the ice or without him on the ice. I think it may be sometimes when you don't have, you know, he was injured for a few of those games. He's only been gone for two, um, so you can add you can add those two in there. But he was injured for a few a few of those games. Sometimes when you have an injury to a guy, one of your better players, other guys know that they have to step up and they have to play better, and so you you perform better. I think with with the uh, Grizzlies last year, John Morant missed a bunch of games, and the Grizzlies were a really good team without him. And some people, well, are they better with? Him? Hell no. They're not better without him. But that happens when you have a star player out. And I think it's kind of similar to what what happened with the Blues. I think what their record is with him is potentially who they are for the entirety of the season. But, you know, you have your games where he doesn't play and you play well. We'll see. I mean, now he's not here. Mm -hmm. He's not coming back off of an injury. He won't be coming back uh, to play any games here this season. So we'll see if – they can stay that far above 500 without him in the lineup. When I was around the Blues more, when I was working in the afternoon and able to get to games at night and get to practices, there were rumblings many years ago. And again, I, I've been doing mornings now for almost uh, three years, two years, whatever it is. But anyway, I haven't been around the team as much. And I, I used to hear that one of the complaints of Vladdy, and I, I mentioned this on the air, was that players that were on the ice with him didn't know where he was going to be at any particular time. You're t- trying to play within a system. Talked to Mike Martz yesterday about the detail yeah. necessary for an offense. Same thing with hockey. You need to know where guys are going to be, and if a guy's in the wrong spot, it can cause you, A, to have the play blow up, B, for the other team to get the puck and come back the other way yeah. and score. I don't know if that became a problem again with Vladimir Tarasenko, but if it did, it could certainly lend itself to why the record with him and without him is the way it is. Yeah, I I mean, that could be a part of it. I don't think that that would be the sole part of it. I don't think that's the main reason. I just don't think they were playing well. I mean, you you got a guy who is who is we've talked about. Is he a Hall of Famer? He's he's kind of on the cusp of that, Mm -hmm. um, whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. I just don't believe you're a better team without that type of player on your roster or on, or on the ice at the, at all times. If you have a guy that's a borderline Hall of Famer, you're you going to be a better team with a borderline no Hall of Famer. He's a game breaker, right? <laughs> exactly. And maybe he'll return to that game-breaking status with the Rangers. But now, like you said, he's not coming back off the injury. He's not yeah. walking through that door anymore. So the Blues have to look forward. And what they need is for people like Thomas and Kairou and Buchnevich to, and by the way, Braden Shen's already one of these guys, to be, as Coach says, predictable. It's very important with within their system and really within hockey to be predictable enough to know where other people are going to be and be predictable with your effort yeah. and get back on defense, which obviously has been an issue with the Blues at times. But they need to build a team now that is going to be more predictable, and they might lose maybe the most predictable guy they've had in Ryan O'Reilly, but they they do need, when they make these deals and use the draft choices, and it might not happen overnight, but they, they will need to get players, not only that are really good players, but are players that fit within the system and are willing to play within a system. They have to get guys that are going to give effort at all times. And I think when we talk about how many goals they give up or had been giving up, when you give up five or six goals, 
it's not just on the goaltender. It's we talked about it. The defensemen are are doing the best job that they can do. Those forwards got to get back and get into the play and put bodies on people and not just stick a stick out there and try to yeah. you know disrupt the shot or disrupt the pass. Actually, be engaged in the defensive part of it, and that lends to them having more success. And maybe. Maybe that's something that Vladdy wasn't doing as well or as much as they needed him to do. We talked about it with Kairou. That was something that was a concern, playing a, a complete game, 200 feet. Was was he willing to do that at all times? If you don't have guys that are willing to do that, you're going to struggle. And maybe that's what it was with Vladdy. But all in all, I don't think you're a better team losing a potential Hall of Famer uh, from your from your roster or from your lineup day in and day out. By the way, your guy last night got 21 minutes and hey. 52 seconds of ice time. He finished a plus two. Hey, hey just he, creeping on up there well, in minutes. It's at some point there's got to reach a point where you just let him play, right? You just let can't, him go. Yeah, you just can't keep him out of the lineup. Yeah, and keep it be as inconsistent as it is, because he's done well enough. I believe, especially with where the Blues are, they're eight points out of a playoff spot. Find out if he can be a third pairing guy. Is he, even if you don't think that he's a, a top four guy, just give him ice time like he did last night. Give him twenty one fifty two for six seven consecutive games. We're talking about Cali Rose right. here, by the way, and. Find out what he can do when given the opportunity to play consistently. Can he be as consistent as he shows when he doesn't get a lot of ice time? I would say he got top four minutes last night. Yeah. Tory Krug only get, only got seven minutes and 58 seconds. So you're seeing that to me is – here's the thing. When you, are a, when you are a player and everyone on the team knows who's playing well and who isn't, if you are consistently playing well and not being – uh, rewarded with more time, it it looks bad in the locker room. It looks bad, you know, amongst your teammates. Not for you, the player, but for management. What, what what the hell do we have to do to get this guy on the ice? To get this guy on the field more when he's performing at such a high level, and maybe someone else isn't. So I think he's starting. He's going to be rewarded for his effort for his play. He's leading the team in plus minus. He scored two goals a couple of nights ago against uh, against the Coyotes. He's getting more opportunities, which means. He should get. He'll get more opportunities mm-hmm. to play and show what he's able to do. And the Blues have some interesting games coming up because they've got New Jersey. And New Jersey, by the way, is they're going to be buyers at this trade deadline. They're going to be a team that is looking to supplement themselves because they they've got. I, I don't think that they're a Stanley Cup championship team, but they are second in their division. They have a five point lead over the Rangers. And they've got a real, lot of good elements, but they're very young. And you talk about a team, we always talk about Ryan O'Reilly, how he would serve everybody that's going to be in the playoffs. He would serve them well. Some teams better than others, and I think the Devils would be like, maybe not for him the perfect fit because he wants to go to New Jersey. <laughs> but for them, he might be ideal. And so they're, they're coming into town. They'll provide a test for the Blues. And then the Blues, back-to-back over the course of the weekend, get Colorado, and then they get Ottawa Saturday and Sunday. And Colorado, they've got their guys back now. They're pretty good. And Ottawa, as Panger mentioned, they're always a thorn in the Blues' side. So can the Blues maintain the quality of play that they've displayed here in these first two games back? I don't know that it makes an awful lot of difference, but for those players who want to show something, it, it, it should make a difference. Well, six goals per game is going to be hard to continue yeah. uh, throughout the rest of the, the, the season going forward. But I do like the effort that I've seen. I, I didn't like 
the how they came out against the Coyotes the first period, giving up those two goals, but they were able to bounce back and get back into it, and then they let them back into the game again. I didn't like that part, kind of the ups and downs that you've seen throughout the entire season, but when they are playing with effort and energy, I think they can be a really good team, and they've shown that at times. They just have to do it consistently. By the way, no groans in the room with the shot at New Jersey. Michelle Smallman would have been devastated because she's got family <laughs> in New Jersey. But w- what are we thinking here? I mean, the only thing I thought of was the Sopranos when you said New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that's what came to mind. Yeah. I grew up on New Jersey being a pop culture pun, so okay. like it's, it's it's been a punchline my entire life. Okay, good. That's fair. <laughs> good enough. It just, it just has been. And then, and then I was 17, and, and Jersey Shore came out, and I was like, well, that pretty much nails yeah, the coffin I, there. I there. had no need All to right, ever watch Jersey that'll, Shore. That nails, that nails my yeah, opinion about New, New Jersey. Also... Everyone I everyone like I mean all you need to know about New Jersey is how the sports teams work out. One of my best no, friends. They don't is call from them New the New Jersey. Jersey Giants or Jets. And if you and if you ask people who play for the, for the New Jersey Devils in the high paid ones, guess where they live? New York. In New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> Greg Amsinger lives in New Jersey. We got to get a scouting report on New Jersey from. We we need to I get guess it, good yes. golf courses. Huh? I guess good golf courses. It's lower yeah. lower. Yeah. It, it's it costs less than New yeah. York. I'm oh certain. yeah. Well, and I'll tell you this. Teams, we fly in for football. You fly into Newark. Yeah, you well, do. Could be more miserable than that. <laughs> uh, all right, shout out to New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey. My accent, my boy was from Newark. Yeah, gotta give him a little love. <laughs> coming up, speaking of the NFL, some hirings yesterday, some staff changes, and staffs are coming together with some interesting hires, especially one in Baltimore. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. in the NFL. We talk a lot here about the quality and importance of coaching staffs and uh, Frank Reich in Carolina has hired Jim Caldwell, former Colts and Lions head coach as a senior assistant. He was a head coaching candidate before they hired Frank Reich. So Caldwell joins Reich and also CD Deuce Staley hired as Reich's assistant head coach and running backs coach. Good for Deuce. Good job. I mean, it's once you get in, you are are generally going to continue to find a job if you can do the mm-hmm. right things and coach people up pretty well. Deuce was a teammate of mine in Pittsburgh. His My first year there, I think it was his last year, maybe in the league, but it was last year in Pittsburgh for mm-hmm. sure. A couple of other notes. Greg Roman, former Ravens offensive coordinator, being interviewed for the Washington offensive coordinator job today. The job that Roman vacated in Baltimore goes to Todd Munkin, and I thought it was interesting that the reports are, according to Adam Schefter, that the Ravens really went to great lengths to find out from Lamar Jackson what he wanted in an offensive coordinator, and he was part of the process that led yeah. them to hiring Todd Munkin. Well, I mean, uh, Harbaugh John said he was going to be a part of what they were doing. He was, uh, I think he said, 200% committed to making sure that, that Lamar was in a Ravens uniform for years to come and finding a coordinator who could get the most out of Lamar Jackson, both in the passing game and the running game is going to be beneficial or or the most critical point for them to having success. Him staying healthy, obviously, is number one. 
but getting an offensive coordinator that can run, get the right people to run the right routes to do the right things for Lamar to find receivers open downfield is what's going to allow them to be successful. The Eagles lose both of their Super Bowl coordinators. Let's start with Arizona. They hired Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' defensive coordinator, as their new head coach. Watching that game, um, as I said, I hate math and I hate numbers, but at times it's beneficial. I can guarantee you or be as close to guarantee you that they were probably close to 100% man-to-man in the red zone or in the five-yard and in area, which is why the Chiefs were able to run that, that same play twice and score touchdowns. You have to be multiple, and you have to be con- you have to be able to do multiple things in your defense to be able to have success. And they, the 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 Eagles were not successful because they weren't able to get home and they weren't multiple and doing different things. I don't know how that translates to him being a head coach. I don't know if he's able to you know who he's going to hire to be his defensive coordinator, who he's going to hire to be his offensive coordinator, because those are going to be the critical uh, hirings in his staff and special teams as well. I don't know how he is as a leader of men. Those things all mm-hmm. matter. It's not just because you were a successful coordinator does that translate to you being a successful head coach. You have to be a leader of men and allow them to, you know, be a person that can allow them to do the job that they need to do. And it helps to coordinate a defense. I think you and I would both be reasonably effective if we had a group of players that pressure from four got 70 sacks during the regular season and went 10 deep. I can have I can have a lot of success with that. I don't have to blitz. I don't have to change coverages. Uh, he probably should have blitzed a little bit more in that game because they weren't getting mm-hmm. home before. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how – I don't know him personally, so I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. The Arizona Cardinals are, again, in that, in that mode of trying to find the right guy. And the most important thing for him is going to be what he can get out of, out of Kyler Murray. Can he, when Kyler gets healthy, can he get the most out of him to have the most success for that team? The Indianapolis Colts have had seven different starting quarterbacks over the last seven years. <laughs> Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Now they have another new head coach in Shane Steichen, who was hired yesterday. He was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, and he's going to draft a quarterback with his first pick ever as the Colts coach. What does Steichen look for? I think accuracy, uh, decision-making, and the ability to create are the three things that uh, I look at in a quarterback. Um, I think those are important, but obviously above the neck. I think the, you know, the players that I've been around, Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Phillip Rivers, uh, they all have one thing in common. They're obsessed with their craft. Uh, and if you can find that uh, in a quarterback, you're probably going to have some success. I like the first two. I, I think the ability to create is great, mm-hmm. but... Intelligence, accuracy, the ability to process, that's what makes a great quarterback. It is. Being able to understand the defense that is presented to you, understand where the ball needs to go, understand the timing of when that ball needs to be out of your hand. Those are the things that make quarterbacks. You don't have to have a strong, the strongest arm. You don't have to have. You don't have to be the tallest or biggest guy. But if you can anticipate and understand what you're looking at, that's what allows you to have success as, as a quarterback. When he's talking to me, that sounds like Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I think I think C.J. Stroud is a very good quarterback. I think he he's probably a little bit more athletic than Bryce Young. But for me, the understanding, the ability to process and get it done quickly, I think that's Bryce Young. And we'll see if that's the guy that they go after if they move up in the draft to make sure that they can solidify that pick. ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. Who will Steichen look at? I look at Will Levis from Kentucky and then Anthony Richardson from Florida, two draft picks. I go back to his time as most of his NFL coaching career is with the Chargers, St. Steichen, and then with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think of Justin Herbert, big, 
powerful, physical, strong guy. And I think of Jalen Hurts, big, powerful, physical, strong guy. Will Levis fits that mold. He is a big physical specimen, powerful arm, athletic enough that you can utilize him in the run game because I think after being with Jalen Hurts, he's going to want to do that. He fits the mold of the guys that Steichen has spent the majority of his NFL career with, even going back to Phillip Rivers, those big-bodied, I guess, prototypical-sized guys in the NFL. And then Anthony Richardson. I've called a couple of his young men's games in college football. He is an off-the-charts physical talent. Six foot three, six foot four, 240 pounds. So that's Dan Orlovsky. When he listed his two names, well, pretty soon we're going to have cameras here in the studio. But Carrie and I both grimaced and shook our head no. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, one thing that is important in, in being a quarterback, obviously, he, he, Will Levison and Anthony Richardson both played in the SEC. They're playing against that that elite level of talent. Now, they may not have – no, not may not. They don't have the same talent that uh, – uh, uh, Alabama's going to have or Tennessee had this year or some of the number of, of the LSUs generally have. But you still want those guys to be able to compete and keep your team in those games. And for me, if you want a guy that is – you want to win championships, you want a guy that has done that, has won championships, who has had some of the best talent around him and that can can get it done, I, I wouldn't have picked Will Levis or, or Richardson as, as my number one or number two uh, quarterback in my head. You the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, I, I didn't think that those two would be uh, would be the top-tier quarterbacks that, that Dan would mention. For me, it's, it's Bryce Young, and I don't think it's going to be a question about it. I know he's not the biggest quarterback. You worry about size and you worry about guys' um, health and staying and ability to stay healthy when they start getting hit. Keep them clean. But what if Houston takes Bryce Young? That's why I said they try. They need to try, try to move up, move up to number yeah, one. They need to try to move up to number one. And if they are un- unable to do so, I don't think you take a Will Levis or a Richardson. With what that. about Straub? I love I his. Li- I love I, his arm I, talent. I love CJ Stroud as well. I think w- my my thing is when guys are are in the, the the moments of their careers or the moments of games, are they competing? And I think he competed in that Georgia game to the best of his ability. His top receiver went down. He was fighting his butt off to try to get that win. Unfortunately, they missed the field goal. But that would be my next pick. It would be Bryce Young, and then it would be C.J. Stroud. And then if I'm you know, one of those other teams that are probably looking for a quarterback still, I, I would go with one of those other two. But those two, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, would be my top two. All right, C.D., one other football note from yesterday. Derek Carr officially released by the yeah. Raiders. So he's got Good a month head start in free agency for uh, over all of the other quarterbacks that are out there. The Jets will need a quarterback. The Saints will need a quarterback. The Panthers will need a quarterback. The Titans will need a quarterback. Do you think there's a great spot for Carr? Um. What about the Buccaneers? Are they are they in the quarterback market with, with Tom Brady retiring? Are they you, are, are, but you? they're way they're, the Saints and the Bucks have the worst salary cap situations in the NFL. So if I'm if I'm Derek Carr and uh, you, we still don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, for me it would probably be the New York Jets because they are ready right now with that young core of guys to to be a really good football team. They struggled at the quarterback position. They had some flashes. Mike White played well here and there. And you saw the potential of what they could be if they could get that consistent play from the quarterback position. That would be where I would be looking at if that if that courtship, if those two match up and they and they want to, you know, link up and be together, that would be my first choice. Um and then I would look at I, I mean maybe Carolina. You don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position. I don't know what what Arizona's going to have a quarterback. He's hurt, but 
You just can't pay Carr. Carr's yeah, going to command a huge salary. Yeah, you can't pay him there. I, you were probably looking at at New York Jets or or maybe a Carolina or New Orleans Saints even with with mm-hmm. the talent that they have. It just was all injured last year, and they they had a lot of injuries. Kamara was was. I think he was banged up. He wasn't performing really well. Michael Thomas was not playing at all. Hopefully he comes back and is healthy. We'll see what they have. But for me, it would be the New York Jets, maybe the Saints, maybe the maybe the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, depending on their salary cap. And the Jets did hire Todd Downing, who actually started his NFL career here with the St. Louis Rams. Downing was with Carr for his first couple of years in the NFL, and those two knowing each other may or may not have an impact on Carr going to New York. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's our NFL News and Notes. Coming up, an edition of A Rock and Roll, plus we're going to have the latest on the greatest sports family in history, voting. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. A couple of quick notes for you. Number one, last night Matthew Rocchio went to a hockey game and... He, Matthew Rocchio went to a hockey game that the Blues won. So that's pretty important. And then they, here's the other thing. My fine religion again. And uh, so we, we, <laughs> when we're here in the studio, yeah, I'm proud of, proud of you, proud of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you thank you. When, when we're here in the studio, sometimes we're working on the next segment. Sometimes we're just kind of pounding away at computer keys and stuff like that. And uh, not this past break, but the break before that. <laughs> Kerry Davis is working on the next segment. And I'm saying, you know, I think the economy is totally based on consumer <laughs> confidence. Literally, that's what I said. And Kerry's like, what the hell? He didn't say it, but it, your actions were like a what the hell action. <laughs> it was. I didn't realize in the moment until you pointed it out right now. That was an extremely <laughs> random comment for you to make, Randy. Considering like, and then we, it, came it was, it was within it was within a thirty minute window of being like math stupid. Yeah. I don't know why we try to do math. It came out of left field. All of a sudden, the, the economics really is based on consumer confidence. And he's like, oh. our conversations generally me, revolve Milton around sports. You joined in. That one came out of left field. I'm like, hmm. you checked out. What are you talking about here? What the hell is going on here? I, I'm here for sports, Randy. I didn't realize for anything. Else. I was doing something oh. over here. I didn't realize how out of place that was. <laughs> what was it re- reference to? What yeah. was your what 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 happened in front of you that you were like, well, I gotta I gotta I gotta make an I so, have to make a, a quick treatise on economics to carry this. Here's what it is. There's a story today at stltoday.com that despite all of the the bad tidings about the economy and inflation. People are spending and spending and spending. They don't care. People don't care about what we're saying about inflation. They're just buying stuff. Just buy it anyways. Figure it out later. That's my credo. Doesn't go over very well at home, but it is. (laughs) We'll figure it out. How are you going to pay for this? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Are you the Amazon person in your in your oh, relationship? No, no I'm, okay. I'm the Callaway person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every other day, something. What, what, what is this? I don't know. They, they, no, honey, I work for the radio. They send me stuff. What <laughs> 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 when you get new golf stuff? You should take a shot at your game. <laughs> it's just like you don't really need this, do you? 
They do. It's going to make me better. Don't worry. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's where we are here in this. Nobody cares about my news, my news observations or my economic. They just care about my sports observations. All right. Uh, what do you got for rock and roll? You know, you don't see me walking here shooting the hip about history things, Randy. I know you don't care. <laughs> um, I actually want to touch in really quickly because we we mentioned we were going to give an update on the bracket right now. It is the finals, of is course. It, it is the the Manning family versus the Williams sisters, and we have a couple uh, textures and tweeters that I wanted to address really quickly. First of all, the Mannings right now just mm, carry 72% of almost 500 votes right now for the finals win over the Williams sisters, 72 to 28 right now, Kerry. We got Vote one text. on Twitter, by the way. Follow Matthew Rocchio at Rocky SPN at Kerry Davis at Kerry Davis 38 at Randy Carricker, K-A-R-R-A-K-E-R. You can go and vote right now. And one of the text responses was, Serena Williams is the greatest athlete of all time. This is voted on by a bunch of football fans. Well, Kerry, you agree with this texter, but you're also a football fan. Talk to your people. Well, I voted for it. So I had to explain this to a texter earlier today. It, it's a about the family that does better in their respective sports. And and for me, it doesn't get any better than Serena in her sport in comparison to Peyton, who we all know and love. He was a teammate of mine. He was a he's a, a great football player, a, a funny analyst. He does funny things on TV. He's he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He ain't better than Serena at her sport than he was at his sport. That's just my personal opinion. And some people may disagree with that. Some may not. Eli is not better than Venus at her particular sport than he was at his. Just my opinion. Uh, no, that's uh, those are facts. Those no, are, I, yeah. I, you know, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I think you vote on just the 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 sport and what they did on the game field or on the football field or on the on the court, the tennis court, basketball court, on the on the ice in the hockey mm-hmm. ring. You just base it off of that. Yeah. So go vote and. Change the course of history. Shock Please the world do. today. Uh, there, are, this is great. I love this three and four. There are definitely better quarterbacks than Eli and Peyton Manning to play in the NFL. You'd have a hard time finding better tennis players to ever play the game. Somebody else texted. So we had a, somebody else on the on, on Twitter again. Uh, Rocky SPN, Kerry uh, Davis thirty eight, and Randy Carricker on Twitter, who said you got to give it to the Manning. Brothers, because because it's the family. They have Archie, they have Cooper, and they have Arch. And I'm like, first of all, Cooper and Arch were not considered in the in the no. uh, ranking, and they have not been considered how, how in any of my Cooper voting. Just did a commercial. That's Co- all he's ever Cooper done. Cooper never made it. Cooper and and is, listen, it's is, lovely, but I can only go so far off Cooper, like Eli and Peyton saying, you know, well, Cooper was the best athlete when we were growing up. Yeah, he's your older brother. Everyone looks up to your older brother like that. And Arch and, and Arch has not yet played in, in an NFL football game. Serena and Venus are arguably one and two all time in their sport. Yeah, I mean that's that doesn't seem like it's that much is of a, it, a, is a, it a, even a questionable. I mean, listen, I, I didn't. I thought it would be closer. I thought it'd be like sixty forty. The Williams. Come on, it's football a, fans. What is it? Eighty two to seventeen. Uh, last time, seventy two to twenty eight. Yeah. Not great. Not 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 great. But By the this way, this is why you have the vote and yeah, we don't, yeah. because you get to determine who the greatest sports family of all time is. By the way, this just came across uh, Twitter. We were talking about the NFL coaches, and it looks like we could have a little bit of a change in the Eric Bieniemy conversation, as he is now going to interview for the offensive coordinator position with the Washington Commanders. Mm. That would give him full and complete c- control of the offense. Is that the move you want to make just after winning a Super Bowl, going to a, 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 an organization that is still owned, still technically owned by Dan Snyder? And didn't they just name that Sam Howell is their starting quarterback? Yeah. 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 As I said, you are you are making 
I mean, you leaving one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it to mm-hmm. go to someone that isn't him. Yep. And it's either it's either going to work out really well because you're going to be able to prove that it's it's you and your ability to get the most out of a quarterback or it's going to go really bad. Yeah. And you're going to be may not even have an OC job. I mean, if you if you don't do well in in if you take the Washington job and don't do well, that could be Gary By- Byron Leftwich. I mean, that that that's the right. Name. Boom, he boom, was boom, right left. there for the for the for the uh, Jaguars and chose yeah. not to take it. Yeah, and so, now he does not have a job. Right. So that's a uh, that's a that's a Rudolph though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some, some good skill position players. You have uh, McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, Samuel Robinson, Gibson, uh, Logan Thomas. I believe mm-hmm. still their tight end, but. They have not. They have yet to completely find a left tackle since Trent Will- since they moved Trent Williams, and so I just kind of wonder with a quarterback without having on a complete offensive line. If I'm the enemy, that you know, again, I can maybe go for another Super Bowl. Okay, instead of, instead of jumping to Washington again, still owned by Snyder. I'd wait one more year just on that factor. How about little conspiracy theory here? Ooh, I like it. How about Roger Goodell goes to <laughs> Dan Snyder and says, okay. And stay in the league for a year. <laughs> oh, Randy! Uh, we, we we just got out of the scripted talk last week, Randy. We were we're just getting over that. I know this stuff happens. Though. Yeah, well, they, I they know this stuff happens. Yeah, they, I mean, they did, they, they did with the Rams. They did kind of a quid pro quo. They did quid pro quo with the Rams with Michael Sam and uh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, they kind of did. Oh, I don't like it. I certainly wouldn't like it. Well, let, let's just put it this way. It wouldn't be the first time that this league engaged in a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Uh, great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD. My man. And tomorrow, I, I promise, we're going to talk some Battlehawks because they get underway this weekend. We're talking soccer before the week is out, too, right? Yes, we're lo- lo- looking like we're going to be talking to Lutz on Friday and also Friday mornings, also maybe looking like uh, the Battlehawks uh, interview as well. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking to Evan Drellich about his Great. new book. Good. Yeah, he's one of the best reporters in baseball, so looking forward to that. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. You're you're everything. You're about the show. You are the show. And so thank you very much. We've got the balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up. And then, for all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.